What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joe Moran and I'm here with River Brown, Joe Dells. And this is now episode 225. In this episode, we're going to recap the trade deadline, give our NFL midseason awards, hand out report cards for the 2021 quarterback draft class, have some fun with the midseason playoff bracket, and give our picks for week nine. The gang's all here. Mine is Drew. Drew is still studying for his exams. I just said the gang's all here, man. Because <laughs> last episode, JC was here. Uh, so, but Joel is back. Welcome back. Yeah. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live. Because you shouldn't have to change teams, even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. How to give the applause for that. But Drew is going to be back next episode, I believe, or the episode after that. All I know is that this is the final, the final week of Without school Drew. for him, yeah. which is dope. Because now Drew is going to be back on a pod and he doesn't have school holding him back, which is always he's, amazing. He's done. Yeah, done, that's done. amazing. I'm going to go back. Type shit. Shout out. How you doing, Rev? How you feeling? You know, I'm excited. Uh, How was your McDonald's? It was really good. Um, you still have the high C orange? I got a little What's bit the less. best best drink from McDonald's? Easily. Oh, well, they got them new uh, raspberry smoothie things that are really, really good. Uh, no, last night was a great night for me. Paul George? What you doing? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I was watching the game. I was really stressed out for, like, most of the game because they were losing. But, uh, yeah, PG Masterclass, class. I always love those. You know who's doing good right now that she was disrespecting the offseason, right? Don't say Jalen Green. Benedict Kevin Matherin? Herter. Mm. Kevin Herter? Yeah. They're, he's two been, and, they're two and six. But he's been killing <laughs> No, but you Kings. told me the Kings would do their thing. No, no, no. I told you Kevin Herter was a huge pick. I mean, you were like, did you see him in Atlanta? He was, he was mid. Yeah, he he was mid. I mean, it's, it was eight games in. He's averaging 18 points, shooting 50% from the field. You think it'll last? From three. He's know. definitely going to average 16 plus. So it would la- basically it would last. Why'd you like it would last if you said he I think so. He's a good player, you bro. Fifty percent from three. Yeah, that's not, not gonna that's last. Not gonna yeah, last. That's not gonna but last. I think he can average eighteen for the season. Okay, I like to hear that. Kevin Herter is a good player. What, what happened to the Kings though? What's going on? It's a slow <laughs> start, and De'Aaron Fox just got hurt. He has a bone bruise. No, yeah, he's they, been said it's not, they said it's not that bad. But they're though. definitely one of the funnest teams to watch in the NBA right now. They've been that you for watched, a long time, but not as fun as this year with Keegan Murray. Yeah, he's like that too. Respect him. You seen Jalen Green? You know Monty McNair's making have, some have great moves. Have you seen moves. Jalen Green? Jalen Green is, is is showing is, what a young cool, player is supposed to down. show. Flashes. Oh, okay. Cool down. Jalen Green still looks amazing though. Looks amazing. Yeah. Have you watched his last couple games? I know he's been inefficient, but hey, inefficient is the coaching is horrible. The coaching. It is. <laughs> okay. Steven Silas is one of the worst coaches in the NFL, <laughs> and that's and why he's been inefficient. Is what you're saying? The guys put him in better spots. Okay. Just, okay. I just want to make yeah. sure. Okay. I just want to hear the excuses for it. You know what I'm saying? No, I know that Jalen Green started off hot. Kate is now hot, and Jalen Green's Kate's cooled off. Well, I mean, but Jalen Green going to pick it back up. You know that. And Benedict Matherin, you was calling him. What was I calling him? You was calling what, what, him what, what, not what? top three. Oh, my. He top three for sure. I still don't think he's top he three. He was my ro- sleeper rookie of the year pick. Yeah, but I don't think he's top three. He was better than him. Ivy and him have been playing the same. Nah, good. he's been better than Ivy. 
Maybe about a little bit. I think Ivy will play better as the season progresses. Shet is hurt. Why wouldn't Matherin? He's not even starting right now. He's averaging 20 off the bench. That's true. I don't think that'll last him. So you think he's going to start an average 20? Um, I, uh, I don't know, to be honest. Matherin is special. Matherin's a good player, though. He's really good. Picked him up in fantasy. He's been balling for me. I told him about him early on. In the draft process, no, I told you didn't. I, I messaged Riven. I said, "Look, Matherin, he's something this guy's to lying. <laughs> he's literally so, sick." Did man. I not do that though? You didn't tell you me about Matherin. You just was like, "I'm higher on him than you are." You didn't tell me about Matherin. I knew but about Matherin. But I told Matherin. you, yo, Matherin, he's he's he has some like it factor to yeah. him. No, yeah, you star you said that? to him. I told you about Christian Braun. Christian Braun. I know about Christian Braun. I'm a big Christian Braun fan. Are you really? Yeah. Is that like a... You know they call him Christian Brown. I don't know if it's Braun or Brown, but the announcer said Brown the other day. I don't know how it's Is that like a... Oh, no. I just made that up. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that was more like a, you know... So you don't know who Christian Braun is at all? Uh, I'm not familiar with his game, no. He plays on Denver. He's like a glue guy. Glue guy? He yeah. played on Kansas last year. Mm. Yeah. He actually has real nice bounce. Very athletic. He's very, he's very good. What else? He's a good player. Handsome. Defender, he is actually indeed. He's Mac handsome. McClung, but if he had intangibles oh. and actual right basketball way. skills outside of dunking, okay, yeah. and he's taller, he's so like he's six, not seven. like Max McClung at all. No, like. he. I mean, no. Okay, I guess <laughs> not. Yeah, but you know, it's football. Easy, it's an easy comparison. Football. Yeah, it was a great week, honestly, for, for you uh, for the trade deadline. That's what oh, I'm saying. Oh, oh. Like for we the just had for, a historic one for Joel because all of his all of his fucking agendas this week were terrible. Oh, you know? we just were at the Jets Dolphins we game, were. you know. Like Talk the, about that. The trade Shout deadline came at the perfect time. All of this news breaking, all of these moves happening. Because if we had to sit here and talk about three week wonder, three week wonder, Lamar beating the Bucks, Joe Burrow folding at home or on the road against Cleveland, Zach. Thankfully, f- you're on my side. We see eye to eye on Zach now. I'm not. Ha- I'm not happy about that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not we're happy a bit that different, I'm right. But I on Zach Wilson's take closer um, than usual. Closer, closer than usual. Yeah, we're getting. We're, we're starting to get close. But we'll talk about Zach because you know. I have a lot to get off my chest about Zach Wilson, about this quarterback draft class. We're going to talk about the trade deadline. We, this show is going to be a jam-packed show. It's going to be, be it's gonna be yeah. a load full, honestly. I, I will say that. But before we get into that, Loadful's today's crazy. podcast today's podcast is sponsored by SeatGeek. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are over 70,000 vets every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals and more in fact i'm going to atlanta tomorrow and on SeatGeek, i already bought tickets to the hawks and pelicans game on saturday i'm going to the chargers and falcons game on sunday and i use SeatGeek to buy those tickets and use our code pas for 20 dollars off the purchase that's gonna be a good game atlanta could Get away with that one yeah. for sure, the way they're playing. Yeah, and the Chargers are one of the more inconsistent teams in the league. I wanted to go because first time watching Justin Herbert, I had to watch Oregon legend Marcus Mariota and Arthur Smith do his genius play-calling mastery in person. I got great seats, $176 for club seats at, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The first place Atlanta Falcons, by the way. Don't yeah. sleep. AFC and NFC South. It's amazing. So that's $20 that off your first po- purchase shit. with promo code PAS. Make sure you click the link in the bio in the description down below to download the app. That's code PAS for $20 off your first SeatGeek order. Seat I had the Saints going to the playoffs. Yeah, I had the Chargers going to the Super Bowl. I didn't last long. You know, I, I do notice this about... Not only you guys. Well, not not Riv so much. Riv is very even killed. He's very chill about it. Riv doesn't bring it up much. 
but I do know the fans do it a lot. <laughs> um, when it comes to Drew, you, and me, the standard we are held to is completely different. You think so? I think <laughs> I think my takes, everything gets remembered, right? Whether good or bad, but mostly the bad ones, people pinpoint those and they forget about all the all the good the great and good ones I've had, legendary ones, historic ones. <laughs> <laughs> With you guys, you guys can make a bad take. Oh, it's just gonna sweep through Disappear. the sewer. I don't know. Of you should see my mentions whenever Gabe Davis gets an eighty yard touchdown. Oh, that's I get, the one. I get reminded. Well, that's the one. So you're, you're held to LeBron's standards and they're not. I'm held to Zach Wilson standards. That's what I'm saying. I sure. think it's you just, oh, you're Trevor Lawrence. You're held to. It's because I feel like Drew and I stand on our takes more while mm. you like you find your way in and out of your takes, which is why people are a little bit more. You know what I mean? You do it. You do a good job at it. Don't get me wrong. I I almost envy it to a point because you have a very good way of getting in and out of your takes. Be like, oh, I didn't say this. I just said this. I said this adjective, not that adjective to describe him. I respect it. Uh, So there's a reason to the Mr. Flip aside. right? That's why I think at least, Uh you know. I, I could never imagine it. When I started the show, Pick a Side to be nicknamed Mr. Flip, Flip Aside. That is, that's I'm kind of like, ironic, I'm kind of baffled. I'm, I'm appalled by it. <laughs> it's but it's all cool because I know that, you know. Deep down in your heart. I don't flip, man. Never. I've never seen you flip. I might move laterally, but I don't always turn around. <laughs> that's for sure. What's NFL trade deadline. <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? Was this line <laughs> <to> <laughs> Recapping the NFL <laughs> trade deadline. Now, some of these moves didn't happen on trade deadline, but I think they're important moves, so I want to yes. highlight them. So I'm just going to go down a list of all the moves oh, that happened. Gosh. We'll talk about it a little bit. First one, Kadarius Tony getting traded to the Chiefs. The Chiefs received Kadarius Tony, the Giants' compensatory 2023 third-round pick and 2023 sixth-round pick. I like this a lot for the Chiefs and the Giants, honestly. The Chiefs, right now, you're not going out on the market. I don't think they were really in the Brandon Cook sweepstakes, DJ Moore. I think they want someone who they don't have to give up a ton of draft capital for, a third-round pick. It's really a shot in the dark, right? And for the Giants' sake, Kadarius Tony was not in the long-term plans. When he was on the field last year, he was electric. But even still, you're looking at really one or two game that Dallas game stands out where he had 180 yards, I want to say. Um, so Tony has the potential to be a really good receiver. He has the potential to be one of the best yards after catch receiver in the NFL. He's shown those flashes, but he hasn't been in the Giants' long-term plans. This is a new regime, new head coach, new GM, who, honestly, I don't know how much they want him on the field. You know, he had did have some problems in, in the offseason in terms of, like, the playbook and injuries, and he said he's healthy. The coaching staff said he's not healthy. So I think it's a good fresh start for Tony. I think a third-round pick is more than fair value. I look at Joe Shane. I think he did a tremendous job getting that value out of him. But I also like the shot in the dark for Kansas City because – if it's going to work anywhere, it's going to be KC with Mahomes and Andy Reid. Oh, for me, I like it more for the Giants because he didn't play much. He was hurt, like you said. And you didn't see a lot of that game time stuff you wanted to see from when he was there. For the Chiefs, I don't know how I feel about it because, they're like, like we've been saying all year, they have so many receivers that get the ball. They just picked up Sky Moore from the draft. They then got Juju. They got McCole Harmon out there, Travis Kelsey. They got so many guys. I don't know what Tony's going to actually do out there, if he's even going to get the opportunity to really show his ability. But like you said, high what low risk, high reward type of thing. Like Third it could work pick. out, it could not yeah. work out. For the Giants, though, it wasn't working out. Their receiving room was garbage. He wasn't really playing anyways, and he was quote unquote maybe hurt, maybe not. So they did what they had to do and they got out of it good. The Chiefs have a way about them at <clears throat> making the perfect move at the perfect time. Last season we saw them trade for Melvin Ingram when he was disgruntled in in Pittsburgh, and that helped out their defense tremendously. They also traded for Mike Hughes. And he was a big booster defense last season as well. 
this trade to me feels like when the Chiefs acquired Josh Gordon, but if Josh Gordon was actually coming off his great season. Kadarius Tony to me. Aaron Tony and Josh Gordon's pretty insane, but go on. <laughs> After the great season, was yeah, crazy. Josh Gordon was historic. Kadarius Tony, I think, is a very, very good receiver. And right now, when I look at the Chiefs' offense, you have MVS, you have McCole Hardman, who their speedsters. They can stretch the defense. They can, they can, they can keep them honest. But you can't really rely on them to do that consistently. Juju, he is coming into his own. Travis Kelsey's there, but what they lack is a dynamic playmaker that can replicate some of the things after the catch that Tyree Kill was able to do. Kadarius Tony's no Tyree Kill, but after the catch, he is amazing. He can create things out of nothing. And what better coach to bring out that entire skill set out of him than Andy Reid and what better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes? I think this can be exactly what the Chiefs needed in their offense to give them that little added boost, the little the the engine or turbo to a sports car. That's what it could be for Kansas City. I'm surprised Sky Moore really hasn't been utilized as much, you know, at all. Honestly, he's he's had multiple games where he's done nothing, or even had like negative yards or zero yards, and has been on the field at times using a second round pick and then not utilizing him at all. Like it seems Weird. like a bit of an indictment against Sky Moore going and trading a third round pick for Kadarius Tony. But then also you have to think MBS is a down-the-field guy. McCole Hardman's contract is coming up soon as well. He's not doing the same stuff as Tony. And then Juju's a free agent. So while it might look like an indictment on Sky Moore, there's a lot of moving pieces there, right? And next year, Sky Moore could be their wide receiver two or wide receiver one. Who knows what, you know, what everything goes in the NFL with uh, Kadarius Tony still there. So I still have high hopes for Sky Moore. I was high on him coming out of the draft. He just hasn't been able to really click with this offense. Big time trade that happened. Roquan Smith trade. The Ravens acquired Roquan Smith and the Bears acquired AJ Klein, a 2023 second round pick and a 2023 fifth round pick. I think this was an amazing move. Roquan is the NFL's leading tackler, two time all pro. He's now replacing Josh Bynes and Patrick Queen. And they couldn't rely on any of those guys to cover consistently. They now have somebody in Roquan who can. This defense is 28th against the pass and fifth against the run. Roquan Smith, he's a great off-ball linebacker. In Chicago, though, really, just the way the NFL is trending, that position doesn't change your defense. Chicago was still one of the worst defenses against the run with an all-pro linebacker, but now Roquan going to Baltimore, it gives them their defense that added boost. You now have Tyus Bowser and David Ajabo coming out, come off IR. They're activated. That gives their defense a boost as well. Marcus Williams should be back soon as well. Yeah. The biggest question with the Ravens is really, are they going to re-sign Roquan Smith? That's really it. Is this going to be a rental? Are they going to have enough cap space to re-sign them? Because if they don't, it could be looked at as a loss depending on how this season ends. And for the Bears, I I love it. They just traded Robert Quinn for a fifth-round pick. They have now nine picks in the draft and $100 million in cap space. And they just traded for Chase Claypool. So that nine turns into eight picks in the draft. But I love this for the Bears because you have flexibility and now you're building this roster from scratch and in the vision that Matt Eberflus wanted to be. I think this is an A-plus for the Bears. Getting a second-round pick for an off-the-ball linebacker, someone who is not in your long-term plans, it really shows... I think growth within this Bears organization, bringing Ryan Poles, someone who understands where this NFL is going, trading off the ball linebacker and Robert Quinn, who's over 30 years old for 
a draft pick for Robert Quinn and then eventually flipping that second round pick, even though it wasn't uh, the Ravens pick for Chase Claypool. We basically replenished that second round pick. I think it really shows that we do believe in Justin Fields. We want to put some weapons around him. We're not going to wait till the offseason to get him more receivers and more weapons or, you know, fix all the problems with this offense. We're going to go right now. And for these last eight, nine games, let's see what Justin Fields has. I think this at least puts more confidence that, especially with the way Justin Fields is playing, not only in the front office, but the fans, everyone could kind of take a sigh of relief and say that Justin Fields should be the starter in 2023. I know I was talking before the season saying that the Bears could be bad enough to have a top five pick and possibly replace Justin Fields. The way he's been playing these last couple of games, I don't think you could think that. And then plus going out and getting Chase Claypool just reaffirms that for me. For the Ravens side of things, in the short term, I think it's a great move, right? I think getting Roquan Smith, you mentioned it, an all-pro linebacker, someone who leads the league in tackles, an immediate upgrade at linebacker, it's a great move for your defense. Plus, getting all of those guys back from injury, we can see the Ravens' defense in the second half really take a step up and stop giving up all these insane second-half leads, although they did just have a really nice win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But in the long term, financially, it's hard to really make sense of this because this upcoming offseason, Lamar's a free agent and Roquan Smith's a free agent. You can only franchise tag one of them. You're going to franchise tag Lamar. So that means you either have to pay Roquan what he wants. He's already said he wants $20 million. He wants to be the highest paid off-ball linebacker in the league. You said it perfectly. An off-the-ball linebacker just isn't game-changing enough to commit that um, that much of your salary cap to the position. It doesn't make sense to pay him $20 million, especially when you have the wide receiver cord they have, the offensive line that's been shaky all season. And while they do have some edge rushers, they don't have an elite edge rusher, right? So I think there's still a lot of holes on this Ravens team. And trading a second-round pick, which you could have used on a more high-positional value like a tackle, like a wide receiver, instead using that on a linebacker and kind of being forced to have to pay him, if he does walk, they would get a compensatory pick in 2024. So I think that would be a third-round pick, depending on what his contract is. If it is around 20 mil, getting a third-round pick when you just trade a second in 2022, okay, it kind of it kind of evens out there in 2023. That should be. Um, but I just have question marks because the Ravens' salary cap situation, you have to pay Lamar all this money, and you have to play Roquan, and you still have to put all this team together that we see the ceiling is capped right now, right? We see this team that have struggled in the playoffs. Whether you want to blame it on Lamar or the rest of the team, can you know, constructing this team as a whole, it's not the top three in the AFC, right? It's not up there with the Bills, not up there with the Chiefs. You look at the Bengals offensively and defensively, it doesn't par up with them either. So they have a lot of holes to really, you know, fill. Um, but Roquan's a great player, and it's going to help him this year. Oh, uh, For me, you guys mentioned it a little bit. The Chicago Bears have $100 million in cap space. They also have draft capital. Now they've, you know, Chase Claypool, as much as we like to joke about how he's mid and whatnot, he's still better than what they have. So now they have Claypool, they have Mooney, they have the cap space, they have the draft capital. Now it's like, okay, do we trust this quarterback? I think they should. He has shown complete confidence, complete ability in his game and improvements week by week by week. Justin Fields should be the guy next year, even if they did have a top five pick. You know, shout out to Bryce Young, shout out to CJ Stroud, but this man has shown improvement every single week. So this is a great move for them. Um, For the Ravens, I look at them kind of how I look at Green Bay. You know, I, I wish they would make a move to bring in help for their quarterback. You know, I feel like when you're playing in the AFC, you got Josh Allen. What put him over the top? Stephon Diggs, right? You have Mahomes. You know, Mahomes is great, but Hill was the guy that put, you know, put him over the top. That's the guy you make that play to in the fourth quarter. You need those type of guys, you know. You look at Tua. What put Tua over the top? Tyreek Hill, Jalen Water. You need that type of receiver to kind of help your quarterback put you in that type of conversation. As, as great as Lamar is, with his feet, as dynamic, he's the most dynamic player in the NFL. 
you still need that guy on the outside, that guy, the receiver, to help put you over the top. So I think they could have made a move at the deadline, you know, to try to get somebody like that. But, you know, Roquan Smith is still a great player. He's going to help that defense because Baltimore's defense was, when we coming into the season, was the thing we were talking about the most. They were supposed to be this elite group. So he's going to help, no doubt. But I just wish they would have made a move to get a type of receiver to help Lamar. But still, nonetheless, good move. The first two moves we talked about were moves that were made before the day of the trade deadline. Now let's get into the first move that was made in the morning, and that was the Vikings trading for TJ Hawkinson. They acquired Hawkinson plus a 2023 fourth rounder and a conditional 2024 fourth round pick, and the Lions acquired a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 fourth round pick. What, which one of these teams do you think won the trade? I don't know if there's a clear winner here. If I had to decide, it would probably be Minnesota, just because if you want to take Minnesota's point of view, they just basically trade down from uh, or yeah, from the fourth round, right? Or they give up second and thirds, they get fourth round back is what I should say. So that makes sense that you still recoup some draft capital. Plus you get a tight end who TJ Hawkinson is an elite, right? But he is one of the better tight ends in the NFL. I don't think you're putting him in that group with Kelsey or Andrews. Definitely not. Not even with Kittle. Um, but really probably that third tier of guys. He's probably in that mix. He has had some blow-up games even this year. He set the record for Lions like receiving yards as a tight end. He, he went crazy, of course. Played him in fantasy that week and got smoked. Um, but TJ Hawkinson, he's going to be a solid player for them. You know, they needed a consistent third option outside of Thielen and Justin Jefferson. KG Osborne had some moments, especially last year, not so much this year. And, of course, Dalvin Cook's there in, in the running game. So I think bringing in Hawkinson, another guy for Kirk Cousins. Plus, I believe he's on the final year of his, his rookie contract. I don't know if Detroit, in their current position, they only have one win. They're still rebuilding. It makes a bunch of sense to re-sign him when you already have Amon Ra. You have Jamison Williams, and you have two running backs who they're really high on as well. So getting a second-round pick, you could use that really good draft cap. But going from the fourth to a second is a big jump up. That goes from a fourth-round pick who's you're hoping he could be a starter one day to a second-round pick. You're hoping he could come in day one and really contribute to that team. So I understand it from Detroit's point of view, especially rebuilding, still having a bunch of holes on this team. We thought they were probably a bit closer than they actually are. Um, but trading TJ Hawkinson, it makes some sense. He's signed through next year as well. Okay, so two years from now? Mm -hmm. I think both teams won in the sense of, you look at it from the Vikings' point of view, they didn't really have a tight end. They needed a third option. TJ Hawkinson's the guy, right? But you mentioned it. Outside of Andrews, Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, right, there aren't many elite tight ends that's really going to change a game, right? So you look at the Lions. They're in a rebuilding stage. They already have a high-powered offense. Amon Ra, Jameson Williams, Jesus Christ, (laughs) (laughs) DeAndre Swift and them boys. Those are their guys. TJ Hawkinson was like, all right, you know, final year's contract. We don't losing him isn't gonna make our offense less dynamic. We still have the guys and we're gonna get more draft capital. So I think both teams win in this department. Detroit gets some draft capital and the Vikings beef up that offense heading into the playoffs, which this is a team that a lot of people sleep on, even though they have a lot of wins. I think they're six and one, I believe. Second so, in the NFC. So they they're winning their division pretty much. I think they'll win their division by the end of the year. So this is a team walking into the playoffs. You need somebody else outside of Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and TJ can be that guy. When this trade was first made, everybody was kind of alarmed and had their antennas up because it's an in-division trade. But quite frankly, I think this says where both teams are at. It tells, a lo- tells us a lot about where both teams are at. The Vikings want to contend, and the Lions are in a place where they're comfortable enough trading a really good player to their in-division rival because they know they're they're not – close to competing, quite frankly. And when the Lions finally build up their roster, either Hawkinson's going to be 
out of the Vikings. He's going to leave. Or the Vikings are going to kind of be on this decline. I think this was really good for the Lions. Removing TJ Hawkinson from an offense of Amon Ra, Jamison Williams, and DeAndre Swift isn't this huge gaping hole people think it is. I do think if they sign a tight end like a Tyler Conklin, it kind of fills the void of what Hawkinson left, although he's a more dynamic a player, no extent, doubt. Yeah. But it's not this huge loss, and I think having now five picks within the first 65 picks of the draft and the ability to have a lot of cap flexibility, the Lions can rebuild their defense. Their offensive line's elite. They can have one of the best rushing attacks. They have good receivers. If the Lions land the first overall pick, draft a Bryce Young and allocate all their resources into deep into defense after that pick, the Lions can be a very good team. Right now, defense is their major hole. They have holes across the secondary, the defensive line, a linebacker outside of Malcolm Rodriguez. They need to overhaul that entire unit. For the Vikings, Irv Smith Jr. is out 8 to 10 weeks with a high ankle sprain. So there was a clear need at tight end because he filled a huge void. And Hawkinson right now is fifth amongst all tight ends in yards. And Kirk Cousins this season is 30th in QBR and 33rd in yards per attempts when uh, targeting a tight end. TJ Hawkinson is first in yards per attempt amongst all tight end tight ends. I do disagree with Adam Thielen being a second option. I think TJ becomes a second option in this offense. You think so? I think when you look at just week to week, TJ, his matchups versus what Thielen would be matched up with, I trust... TJ to create more mismatches week to week than Thielen. That makes sense. But Kirk just, they have that connection for so many yeah. years that their chemistry is just yeah. so elite. Yeah. Thielen to me just feels like he's a step slow now. He's not he as good as he step. once was. He's great in the red zone still. Yeah. Him and Kirk, you know, he always Yeah, there's no doubt. But it, it takes a lot of pressure off of Justin Jefferson now as well yep. because he might not be seeing as much cloud coverage and doubles. And even if he does, now you have... Thielen and Hawkinson. I like Osborne, but he's not somebody that's threatening a defense. TJ, Thielen, they do that, and now they can get the play-action game going. And this can be a move that takes the Vikings from a inconsistent offense to a consistent offense. I don't know if they're going to be elite great just yet. I just want them to be consistent. Right now, across the board, defensively and offensively, they're still inconsistent, but they're 6-1, and one, which is good because they're still figuring things out, but they're winning. Chase Claypool was traded to the same division as the Vikings play in the NFC North, and he was traded to the Chicago Bears. The Bears acquired Chase Claypool for a 2023 second-round pick. Now, the big gist about this move was, why trade a second-rounder for Claypool? He's not, he's not good enough. He doesn't deserve to get traded for a second-round pick. So where are your thoughts on that, and what does this move do for Justin Fields? I did think a second was a little pricey preferably I would give up a third round pick but at that point I mean we're really not making a huge deal out of it right especially we talked about a little bit before there's no one right now I don't think the Bears could have went out and got for this price that would have had the same contribution Chase Claypool will have I don't know if Brandon Cooks especially with the larger salary who's 29 30 years old probably doesn't fit in that timeline as well we talked about DJ Moore they wanted at least a first round pick plus more so I think for the price tag a second round pick you mentioned on your TikTok as well the free agency class for wide receiver isn't great and I don't know if the Bears didn't show a willingness last year to take a wide receiver high maybe that they filled a few holes this year maybe they're more willing to now especially since they got a couple things in the secondary figured out 
Um, but I do like it for the Bears because you have to see what you have with Justin Fields. You have to see over these last eight, nine games with Mooney and Claypool now. You don't have just one weapon. You have two. Khalil Herbert is emerging. David Montgomery still there. I think Herbert should eventually take over that RB1 spot we were talking about a bit before. He just has more bursts. He's a bit more explosive. I think a lot more explosive than Montgomery right now. I like the move a lot from Chicago. I, I really think this shows growth out of the front office, being able to get off that linebacker, get a wide receiver for your young quarterback, help him out. Teams should see what Chicago is doing. I had someone tweet at me and be like, you should have saw the vision. We tried telling you. I was like, y'all made no moves up until a week ago. We didn't see shit from the Bears. You guys did nothing. Now you're making moves. Now I can respect it. I could see the vision. I like this move a lot. Damn, that DJ Moore package would have been cool, though, bringing him into Chicago. He's, yeah. he's still first, young. He is, but Chicago's first, I think, is a little too pricey. And DJ Moore right now, PJ Walker, is historic. Is it really? He had the, you saw the Hail Mary? No, of course yeah. I saw. I'm, I'm saying, like, do you have a stat to back that? Or you just were saying Well, that? he's oh, broken out. That, since that's uh, the throw he threw to DJ Moore is one of the longest throws in the past, like, 10 years. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it is historic. He's an XFL legend, PJ Walker. No, nah, yeah, is. I remember he uh, came in after the, like, he was, like, really he played with the Roughnecks. Okay, yeah. Um, great move. You want to do the semantics, uh, seconds, too steep, third. Listen, man, you got to make moves for your guys, man. You got to bring in help for your guys. And Chase Claypool, as mid as he is, you still have to bring in help for your <laughs> why guys. Do you not, why do you hate Chase Claypool? I know so Drew, Drew's a big Chase Claypool fan. Just, he thinks he's going to have like a It's because of shit season. like that. Like he, they, People think he's so great, and he literally is just an average receiver. And it's okay to be average. You know, the receivers are tough. It's a lot of guys in the league, but he's just average. He's not that good, you know. But for a Chicago Bears offense, which doesn't have many average receivers, you know, bringing in Chase Claypool, see what your quarterback has, that's something you got to do. You know, a second may be too steep, but you got fucking eight draft picks in this next coming draft. But you'll be okay. So I think this was a good move for the the Bears. You finally make some moves. You can finally do something for your quarterback. And I would love to see the connection between them two. But Mooney is better. I think Mooney's better too. And real quick before you go, I think the Steelers are just going to draft another receiver next year and fill that Chase Claypool role. I feel like if you're not breaking out with the Don't Steelers. Don't they have to pay Deontay? They paid him uh, this offseason. Okay. A two-year deal short. Drafted Pickens, too, who has had a really Pickens, good season yeah, Pickens so far. Took the, yeah, you have nice. Deontay and Pickens who yeah. both play on the outside. And yeah. we know the Steelers, bro. They'll draft every year receiver. They'll develop him, develop him, and he'll turn into a really good receiver. So I'm not worried about Pittsburgh. I think it's a good move getting, uh, getting a second for him. If I'm Justin Fields, I'm feeling like getting a lollipop. I'm feeling like if I just got a lollipop after being at the dentist. <laughs> For I think, Chase Claypool. Yes. You just, just got rewarded oh, okay. after playing great. You know, you're at the dentist. You get rewarded after, you know, getting your I would your say it's more clean. like, a, uh, like um, you know, a little mint. I think it's still good enough. You know, it doesn't damage your teeth as much as a lollipop does. So I think it's still, it's, it's beneficial. I think the second round pick isn't really that steep. And the reason I say that is because either they're drafting a receiver with, with a second round pick. And if you look at the history of receivers drafted in the second round, at least in the past couple of years, there are not many guys you, you take over chase Claypool, quite frankly, and the 2023 free agent class of wide receivers are the best ones are Jacoby Myers, Juju Smith, Schuster, Alan Lazard. And those are like the headliner names. Juju's probably staying in Kansas city. Jacoby Myers. I don't know where he goes. Alan Lazard. I don't know where he goes, but I don't think any of those guys are better than Claypool outside of Juju. From the Steelers' side, you got a second-round pick for someone who was giving up on routes, for someone who has been a locker-room distraction at times. I think this was this was a great get for them, getting that second-round pick for Claypool. But for the Bears helping out Justin Fields, and I think what he's good at is what Justin Fields is good at. 
throwing those 50-50 balls we saw in the Commanders game late in the game. Fields gave his receivers two chances to make a play. And had Mooney and Equinemia St. Brown caught those passes, we're talking about the Bears winning that game and being 4-4 four and four right now. I think if that's Claypool, he probably makes that catch. I think he probably does make that catch. So I, I think it's a it's a good it's a good alignment of skill sets for the sure. Bears and Justin Fields. <clears throat> what year is Claypool on? His second year, third? Uh, on his contract, three. Year I three. Want to say year three because he Sounds played. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because this is his third year. Sounds right. And but he what he had the ten TDs the first year. And yeah, he's then, in a Jettis draft class. Yeah, he's kind of fallen off since. Oh, uh, maybe that's why I look at him as mid. That's a pretty better than Jalen Rieger. I don't. I, that's him. That's a, he. <laughs> I, I uh, eagle, so. Yeah, no, I didn't want him. <laughs> the Steelers out. weren't done making moves. They traded for William Jackson from so the Commanders. Yeah, well, fifth, sixth round pick. It was right? an exchange of like some late round picks. Yeah. It wasn't super important. The Commanders wanted to cut him if they weren't going to trade him. So you get something for him. The Steelers, who I feel like every year have had either injuries or struggle at cornerback. You get a guy in there who has had success in the past. Um, but again, I don't, I'm not looking at this as a huge move. The Steelers are rebuilding. I think they have to acknowledge that. Um, I know they're such a proud franchise and their fans are so proud. And Mike Tomlin has this, I've never been under 500 thing going for him. And I get all of that, but you realistically have to look at the team. The roster is not good. Your best player, TJ Watts been out the whole season. He's going to come back soon, but him coming back, you're not going to become a playoff team all of a sudden, right? Kenny Pickett has been really up and down, had some good moments, had some really boneheaded moments as well. So I think Pittsburgh should have been more aggressive selling. I know they got rid of Chase Claypool, got a second-round pick, which is a pretty good return. I would have liked to see them maybe move up a couple other guys, but thinking about it now, there's probably not a whole bunch of veterans that are worth a lot on that team. Um, but William Jackson, you know, he starts for them probably. So nice. Even if they did make the playoffs, that would have been even worse for them. Yeah. They would have snuck in, and they would, they would have been back to being just in a weird spot again. So I— I didn't even see this move, to be honest. I'm not even about to sit here and lie to you. I didn't see this move. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like, like a groundbreaking like move. Like Twitter, I didn't no, see this move. Like, you've seen it, and I was like, William Jackson got traded. What the fuck happened? Yeah, I didn't see this move. I'm sorry. Will, William Jackson, I think. I seen your tweet about it, though, yeah, so break it down for me. I think he's imp- it was implemented in the wrong scheme. The commanders love to run zone, and William Jackson is a man to man corner primarily. So it just didn't fit. I think the commanders and him didn't fit, and that's why he was – you look at his PFF grade in, in Washington, it was horrible because they asked him to play in a scheme that he was never comfortable so he in playing play in zone? begin with. He's not a zone corner. It's not that he can't. It's mm. that he's a man-to-man corner. Okay. And I think the Steelers, you look at the position they need the most on their team, is corner. And now this allows them to play more man-to-man and it allows William Jackson to now – be utilized correctly in a scheme that's going to maximize his talents. I don't think he's bad. I think he's actually a good player, and I think he's going to show it when he gets to He got a pretty good bag, too, from Washington a couple years ago. He did. It's kind of funny how teams just give money to players. Don't know how to use them. And don't know how to use them because they run a certain scheme, and they know they run a certain scheme, but yet they still pay the players. These trades I'm excited to talk about because there's some big-time trades in here, too, specifically. The first one is Bradley Chubb getting traded – to the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins acquired Bradley Chubb in a 2025 fifth-round pick. The Broncos acquired a 2023 first-round pick via San Francisco, a 2024 fourth-round pick, and Chase Edmonds. And before we go too in-depth into this move, the Dolphins had the number three overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. They traded back to the 49ers pick. The Niners gave them three first-round picks, the Dolphins have turned 
those three first-round picks to Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and Bradley Chubb. The Trey Lance Pretty trade. Fucking good. They got they traded Trey Lance basically for Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and Bradley Chubb. That's All those amazing. picks they That's utilized huge. in those trades, they traded to get those players. Masterclass. What's there to say? Chris Greer, masterclass. That's him, theft. Him or Howie? Yeah. Howie. I would still go Howie, Howie Roseman. Chris Greer still has, I feel like, a few dark clouds over But now. just in terms of the moves they've made recently, I think definitely this move is the it, it tops everything. I'm, I know Drew is happy as hell because he goes Bradley Chubb, his guy in Denver to, to Miami. Yeah. I didn't think they were going to get a first for him. We talked about it last week or the week before. I was a bit surprised with his injury history, with his production issues that he's been on the field. We saw last year he had zero sacks. This year he's He hasn't been the guy he was supposed to correct, be. Correct, yeah, top five pick. Um, this year he's definitely coming into his own. He already has five, six sacks on the season, I want to say. I think bringing Randy Gregory in, um, although he's been hurt, you know, at least bringing some pressure off of him. Now he goes to Miami. You know, I think this is it's a really good opportunity, especially because – Miami's been blowing some teams out, right? When two has been on the field, they've been putting up a lot of points. The opposition's going to have to pass the ball. You're going to need some pass rushers. So going out, trading for Bradley Chubb, this is a win-now move for Miami. They are a team that I think are looking at themselves right now, especially offensively, saying we can compete with anybody. We can make a deep playoff push. The defense is still a little bit suspect, but obviously bringing in Bradley Chubb automatically becomes their best pass rusher. And then for Denver... The season's done, right? We talked about it last episode. I don't think they're turning it around, even though they're sitting at three and five right now. So it's not impossible, but I still think there's just too many question marks at quarterback, too many question marks at head coach. We don't know if Russ and Nathaniel Hackett, although they had a decent game against Jacksonville, can they do this consistently? I'm not sure. We're getting a first round pick, bringing in some, you know, rookie talent on cheap deals when you have to pay Russell Wilson $250 million guaranteed makes a lot of sense for them. Let me ask you, well, I was going to ask you a question, but I was thinking about it. Chiefs, Bills, for, for, well, for starters, I do think they can come out of the AFC. Like, I, I genuinely think so. You think they could go into Buffalo or KC? I know, it. like, they can make a playoff push. They I can win a if, game or if, two. All right, so I'm going to throw this, this monkey wrench at you. I think if circumstances, like, if they don't have to play the Bills or the Chiefs, like, if the Chief, like magically it happens where the Chiefs and the Bills play each other, then I can see a world. Well, they'll play one of them most likely. Well, they'll probably, but they can play one of them in the AFC Championship, which then yeah. I can see. Okay, I can see them, you know, maybe sneaking one out. But I think the my I think Miami should definitely feel like they have a chance to come out the AFC. You know, they have one of the best offenses in the league. They have an offense that can compete with those two type of offenses. And you need a pass rusher when you're playing teams like Josh Allen, teams like Patrick Mahomes. You need somebody to come off. So I think this is a good move, and this is really gearing them for the playoffs because they're making moves that ultimately lets them like lets their fans know. We're all in on this team, which they should be. We think we can win with Tua, which when they're all, when Tua's on the field, like they're you said, they've been amazing. So, And they already beat the Bills. So they have that little thought in their head, like, we already beat this team. We feel like we can beat them again. So I think this is a move that definitely puts them in a position where it's like we can really run it, like we can really win. Because I think this is one of the teams I'm looking at in the AFC that can really give the, uh, give the Bills and the Chiefs a run for their money because they're the only offense I look at in the league Right now, that can really go toe-to-toe, point-for-point with both teams. So, The Broncos made this move not because they didn't want to keep Bradley Chubb, <laughs> but because they're paying a quarterback so much money that they kind of had to trade Bradley Chubb. The, the, their cap doesn't allow for them to keep him and, and pay him as well. So out of all the bad moves the Broncos have made, this is a good one. They now replenish a first-round pick. They don't have to pay Bradley Chubb. 
they get Chase Edmonds in this trade and they were lacking a running back. He's been ass. He, he hasn't been good, but he hasn't been good because the Dolphins' offensive line isn't also the best. Raheem Mostert's been eating. He's been he's been better, for sure. And Edmonds is, has the most drop passes for running back in the league. He can't catch save his life. But Chase Edmonds at least gives the Broncos a little bit of a boost offensively. And it's just about, about them as replenishing picks and seeing maybe if they can make a run. And it's obvious they trust their edge rushers and Randy Gregory and Baron Browning, who's really come onto the scene these past couple yep. of weeks. The Dolphins, though, I think this move does put them into contention. They're eighth in pass rush win rate. They're sixth in run stop win rate. But they're 22nd in sacks. They're not able to finish off these pressures. Bradley Chubb can do that. He has five and a half sacks on a year. He'd have the most on the Dolphins. He has the most on the Dolphins currently right now. And now you're pairing Bradley Chubb with Jalen Phillips, who both of them are top 10 in pass rush win rate. Phillips is 10th, and Bradley Chubb is third. The Dolphins can contend. They can seriously contend. And I think this puts less pressure on their defense. They don't have to manufacture pressure as often as they were doing because they were sending a lot of blitzes and teams were catching up to that. Now they don't have to. They can sit back in coverage, let their front four get after it, and that's the only way you're going to beat Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes is if you have elite edge rushers that can get after them, that can get them to the ground. Low-key move they made, too. Trade a fifth for Jeff Wilson, getting a backup. Raheem Mostert has that injury history his damn near his whole career. Jeff Wilson, back from the 49ers, knows McDaniel's system obviously very well. Uh, I definitely think it's an upgrade over Chase Edmonds. Do you think I Miami do. can contend? Um, I feel like you wasn't ready to really, you wasn't really vibing with that. I'm not ready to put them. Like, I'm not saying that tier, but yeah, you know. they can they can win a playoff game or two for sure. That, but that's not the other shit. Not I, moving. I I don't <laughs> see them. I don't see them as Super Bowl contenders. Well, okay, okay, but can they get to, like if they don't have to play Buffalo or KC? I think the Bengals would beat them as well. Um, the Ravens, I'm still going to favor the Ravens, obviously, because that's my team. They were up big on them as well. I don't think they have that type of collapse, but can they compete with the Ravens? Sure. Can they complete, compete with Cincinnati? Sure. If Jamar's on the field, I don't know. Um, but I, I think they definitely should have made this move going right now. You have the team. You have the team ready. Like, if it was any team that could do it, it's this team now with Bradley Chubb, right? It's not like you're going to go in the offseason and make a whole bunch of moves to upgrade this team. You don't have the draft picks anymore. You have some cap space, but you're also paying Tyreek Hill 30 mil. Two is coming up in a couple of years as well if you want to pay him long term. So go out, you know, be aggressive now. You'd give the Bengals more of a chance than the Dolphins in the playoffs. Yes. Why? That's, that's actually shocking. Wait, I'm sorry. Say that again. Why? Who do you trust more, Bengals ba- or Dolphins? Oh, the Bengals. Why? He says why? Joe Burrow. Oh, that's it. Joe Burrow that's and it. the defense is better. Okay, okay. So and they've done it. Who do you yeah. trust more, the Ravens or the Miami? Just real quick. That's closer. Okay, that is closer. I, that is all I needed to know. Because I actually disagree. I I think Joe Burrow is better than Tua. There's no doubt, and I trust him more. But when I look at both teams, Miami has a better offensive line. Miami yeah. has a better run game. They have their yes. receivers are even. Yes. Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Higgins, Chase, it's even. Defensively, the Bengals just lost Adobia Wuze for the year. That's true. He's gone. That's true. Their secondary, right now, you don't trust a corner man to man. You don't trust them too much right now in Cincy. Their front four can generate pressure, but I look at Miami Dolphins right now with Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips and Christian Wilkins They're on the defensive line. Team. I think that defensive line matches up with Cincy, and I think their secondary is far better with Javon Holland, Xavier, and Byron Jones. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think the Dolphins have a better team. The, yeah, the Dolphins have talent-wise paper. Like, if you look at just paper, you could it, it adds up. But production-wise, Cincinnati's defense has, has cleared Miami's this year. You're right, but they also just got smoked by Jacoby Brissett. They did. Now they, they haven't been able to beat Joe Burrow. I mean, you know what I mean? The 
Joe Burrow hasn't been able to beat the Bengals. Like the for whatever reason, the Browns just have the Bengals number over the last couple of years. Yeah, but it wasn't that bad. Division game. No. Because I do think when Brissette's I sets up some good games, like we clown on him all the time. He's had multiple games where he showed out. He's I been just really efficient. I just look at the Dolphins and I think no, the Dolphins have a better roster. I, I top to bottom and Mike McDaniel, I trust him more than Zach Taylor. That, I yes. I just think they have a better roster top to bottom. With Miami, what it's going to come down to is Quarterback. how good Tua's going to be in those high leverage pressure situations. How close? That's what it's going to come down. How to. close is it between Miami and uh, the Bengals for you? The rosters? Yes. The Dolphins roster is better. How close? Easily. Like, I think I can easily say their okay. roster is better. Right. I, I think I so can if, say if that. Miami walks into Cincinnati in, in a playoff game, who are you picking? Oh, I'd pick Cincy. I don't know because listen, cold weather, Tua. Yeah. I'm I just, just not. A, I don't. Tr- I don't trust Tua in those situations because yeah. I haven't seen it okay, yet. I fair. don't. I don't want to overreact because last week we we're talking about has Cincinnati found their groove? We look at their upcoming schedule. They could win all of these games. They could win the division. And, you then know, and, and then they go. They lose Jamar Chase for a few weeks. He's going to be out. The offense is obviously going to be different without him on the field. You see the offensive line who had their best game of the season against Atlanta get dominated by Cleveland, who has a really good front with Miles Garrett. He was torturing Jonah Williams all game. So. I just don't want to overreact to that one game that was on primetime football. Everyone was watching. The Bengals looked was probably their worst game of the season. So I, yeah, the rosters are really close. I, I'll give you that. And I, of course, I I like McDaniel more than Zach Taylor. I just do think Burrow is in a different tier than Tua right now. Although Tua statistically has been up there with damn near everybody. Uh, I do agree with what you're saying. I do trust me. I do. I, oh, I know. I don't think it's overreacting though, <laughs> because last week, if you asked me, I would say the Dolphins' roster is better. Really? Atlanta can't generate pressure. I, I know. Their offensive I line, know. because the, the Bengals' offensive line still is one of the worst in the league. Joe Burrow has statistically improved that managing his sacks. He's in, he's improved. Yes, like but six the, times. Their offensive line is still horrendous, and they can't run the ball at all, at all. Yeah. So that's why I, I look at the Dolphins roster so top you, to bottom, and I like it more. Um, I don't. I mean, they're going to be close. Whoever wins, like, say you think Cincinnati is going to win the AFC North, right? Um, so Miami will likely have to go into Cincinnati. Say they play in this hypothetical world, it's a little bit different. It's probably yeah. going to be bad weather. Yeah, so, right. You know what I mean? So I agree. But like, for example, if we swap Joe Burrow and Tua, Tua's on the Bengals, Joe Burrow's on the Dolphins. Who do you feel more comfortable with? Yeah, Dolphins. And and you feel more comfortable with them by like kind of like a landslide. So wait, just a quick question. You think Cincinnati still win a division, right? I think they'll get it. Yeah, I, I still believe that too. So who drops out? Because looking at it right now, seven's Chargers, six is Miami, five is the Jets. Chargers. So, uh, huh? The Jets are gonna drop off. Yeah. What? Who's gonna drop off the playoffs? Yeah. So about so Miami has to take somebody's spot. Yeah, I think they'll. I, think I mean, they'll I mean the, the Bengals have to take somebody's spot. Oh, so you think you're getting in? I think we definitely could. Yeah. Okay. No, I just wanted to, okay. All Listen, right. I I don't think we win this upcoming weekend's Buffalo, but we're going to the bye five and four. We have to play Buffalo. We have to play Minnesota. Those are two tough games. But outside play of Miami that, again, right? We have to play Miami. Yeah. Um. Then we also have to play Seattle, Patriots which is a tough game. Time, Patriots, right? Detroit, Jacksonville. Like, there's winnable games on there. The Chargers have just they've been a mess all season. Let's be honest. Like they've obviously like they're in Chargers contention still. Yeah, but the no, Chargers, I I, the Chargers and Jets are the two teams you look at. Um. It's just really a matter of. If Zach Wilson could take care of the ball, do you trust ball? Zach in New England in the cold? Because you played in, uh, New York, you played over yeah. here. Uh, uh, hopefully, it's not cold. It's only two weeks from now. <laughs> Let's be honest. It, <laughs> two weeks be, from it'd now, it's fake, fake gonna be cold yeah. over there. Um, okay. And then know. Buffalo. If, listen, yeah. if Zach takes care of the ball, this mm-hmm. Jets team could win ten games again to the playoffs. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Just wanted to ask that quick question. I'm glad know. you believe in the Jets. Of course, and I, not I always Zach believe Wilson. in the Jets. 
and not Zach. Just take care of the ball, man. We can win some games. The other big time trade that happened was Calvin Ridley. The Jaguars traded for Calvin Ridley, and they gave up. It's kind of weird how these picks are. So it's going to be worth a maximum of a 2023 fifth rounder and 2024 second rounder. So they gave up a 2024 conditional fourth round pick. If Calvin Ridley stays on the team on the roster, they get a fourth round pick. If he's going to be on the team and he plays, it's a third round pick. If they re-sign him and extend him to a contract, it turns into a second round pick. So the better, <laughs> so basically, if he the plays, he does the better the pick is. Yeah, I wonder how these conversations go when they're on the phone. And I like would love to and be like, talking uh, yeah, about this shit. Like, like yeah, okay, if he plays, I'll give you another pick. What? It's the same when, pick. It's the same pick. It doesn't like, it's not like a third and a second. It's the same pick. Yeah, it just pick. keeps it just going up. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. I will say that when this move first happened, this was the most shocking move of the day. And it kind of makes me think about it now. And I'm like, hmm, if they did this for Calvin Ridley, why not just trade for Brandon Cooks, who can play right now, who probably is just as good as Calvin Ridley? Mm-hmm. If, you know, they're probably on and the division, same tier. Though. I understand yeah. that. that. That makes a lot of sense. But I look at this offense, and obviously I'm projecting because Calvin Ridley's not going to play this year because he's suspended still. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, Evan Ingram. Marvin Jones and Ingram are free agents. I think Evan Ingram stays because he's been super good for them. Marvin Jones can leave, and they still have Zay Jones, or they can draft the receiver. Calvin Ridley gives them that wide receiver one. Christian Kirk is a high-end wide receiver too. And Dan Orlovsky said this on ESPN and I don't want to take a statement, but I agreed with it wholeheartedly. Calvin Ridley can beat a Trevor Lawrence, what Stephon Diggs was to Josh Allen, and what Tyreek Hill has been for Tua. I think he's in a similar tier. Well, not not he's a great receiver. He's not a similar yeah, tier. I get what but, you're saying. I get what you're saying. but going into in, Buffalo, you yeah. could argue that Diggs and him right now were in the same tier. Diggs wasn't looked at as a top five receiver before Buffalo. Definitely, definitely. Trevor Lawrence this year still has struggled a bit, but I think if you get a wide receiver one, and that's as good as Calvin Ridley, and he's very excited to be in Jacksonville. Year three, he can have a huge takeoff, especially with Doug Peterson calling plays. Because Trevor Lawrence has been very good this year. It's just been some moments in the red zone and late in games Bonehead where mistakes. he kind of makes these mistakes under pressure. Doesn't He's not the most even-keeled player <clears throat> under pressure. But this was amazing. And for Atlanta, you have a top-10 offense without Calvin Ridley. You don't have to pay a high-end wide receiver now. You have Kyle Pitts. You have Drake London. You have more picks. Arthur Smith's an offensive genius. Get a quarterback. I think, yeah, exactly. You get a quarterback. You're rebuilding this thing. It's shaping up. It's looking very good in Atlanta. So I thought this was a win for both sides. How do they get a quarterback, though? Draft. Uh, They're they're fucking first. That's what what I'm (laughs) thinking. um, You know, just looking at this real quick. Great, great. Will Levis. He's like the QB3 in this class. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I didn't know who that was. Great trade for Jacksonville. I'm always I'm I'm a very big guy on getting your quarterback help, especially your young guys. So great trade for them. I'm really just thinking about this from Atlanta's perspective. They are number one in the division right now. So if they do continue to win, because I think I don't think they plan on trying to lose. I think they're pretty confident in their team. Yeah. How do they get a quarterback? Bryce Young is going top ten. I think C.J. Stroud is probably also Both going. Both of those top guys 10. are going to be top five picks. So unless they trade up, and I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. There's team too much to know who they actually trade. They got a lot of young talent on the offensive end. So how are they going to get a quarterback? Unless they go for the Lamar sweepstake. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not too worried about it for two reasons. One reason is I think they'll be able to draft probably a top one of the top three quarterbacks. Who's the third guy? Will Levis. And so I don't think he, I don't think he's dude. bad. Nah. Okay. He's not the real interesting dude. Nobody's really talking about him, but he has a big time arm. Right. Right. 
Arthur Smith mm-hmm. went to, was a Tennessee Titans office coordinator. Ryan Tannehill started and got $100 million. Ryan Tannehill had top 10 quarterback-like seasons. Arthur Smith came to Atlanta. Matt Ryan, his first year, they went 7-10. and 10. They had the 28th-ranked offense in, D, in terms of DVOA. He brings in Marcus Mariota. They're a top 10 offense, and they're winning because he knows how to utilize him correctly. Arthur Smith is somebody that I trust 100% developing any quarterback that he uh-huh. has. I, I really do. And I and, and yeah, he, so yeah. What's wrong? What's, is Ritter going to play? They're, they're winning with sure. Mariota. And also, I'm not – I trust Arthur Smith to maybe turn the quarterback of maybe Tannehill's talent – and make him look a lot better than he actually is. Which is what so I saying. think Atlanta, as long as you build this roster and it's a competent roster, all Arthur Smith needs is a competent, solid quarterback, and that guy can look ten times better than he is. I don't think Mariota has a single game over twenty pass attempts. That's how I think he just had it this past game. Was it this past yeah. week? Uh, they're I think top four in rushing. Are we sure that's sustainable? Though? Like I know this is like he's done um, it with Tannehill and stuff, but this is like his first year as a head coach. Uh, Made way through the season, it's sustainable. I, I think it's pretty sustainable. I think it was a solid move, though. Uh, I think for Jacksonville, we were talking about Calvin Ridley last year going for a first-round pick. Right now you get him at a discount, if you, even though they're probably going to try to re-sign him as long as he performs that we're expecting him to. It comes to second. But a second-round pick for a guy who, before he got suspended, was on that borderline top-10 receiver, I think that's a great move. And then for Atlanta, they're still rebuilding. I know they're in first place, but I still look at this roster as rebuilding, especially when you don't have a long-term answer at quarterback. Um, but – Arthur Smith, I know a lot of people don't like him, especially the fantasy football community for Kyle Pitts, although Marcus Mariota throws for the most attempts. Kyle Pitts all of a sudden has 80 yards and a touchdown, right? Um, I do think Arthur Smith can, in this limited attempts, at least use Drake London and Kyle Pitts a bit more, but with his personnel, with Marcus Mariota being limited, he's doing a really good job. So get a second-round pick. Maybe they use it on another weapon because I think Smith, I mean, I think uh, Pitts and London, of course, are two of the most you know, hyped up young players in the league right now. I still think you need another guy for sure. Um, but I like it for both sides. I like it too. And to talk about the other little known moves, Jacob Martin was traded to the Broncos. Jets, the Jets got a fourth round pick for that. And the Broncos now add depth to their edge rushing, their defensive line. Naeem Hines going to the Bills. The Colts acquired a conditional six round pick in 2023 and Zach Moss. I love this. And I think... This shows that the Bills are like, you know what? Eh, we don't really trust James Cook or Singletary like that. Singletary's been really good. He's been good, but he does not have the burst Naeem Hines has. I think okay. Naeem Hines, you, you play him you in the— You think Naeem Hines is better than Singletary? Yes. He's a better pass catcher. I think Singletary's a better rusher. I, I think Naeem Singletary Hines breaks a ton of tackles, Naeem bro. Hines, his first step is explosive. He's quick He's quick and, and bursty He's for a sure. kick returner and punt returner, too. Yeah, now he he's is. He's got man. speed. I, he's looked at as a pass catching back. That's what he is. Yeah, but, but I also think Buffalo looks at this team and be like, you know, they do those quick yeah. screens or yeah. passes those to the running back. Those are those the are run their plays. running. Yeah. So Naeem Hines is one of the best in the league at doing that. I think Naeem Hines he's gonna add, add a huge boost to the Colts offense. I do think uh, to 100%. the Bills offense. Yeah, yeah, because 100%. the Colts weren't utilizing him, they and they have shown that they have not been able to properly utilize him his entire career in Indianapolis. Frank Reich said to draft him in fantasy. He lied to us. What well now, he said that for well now that same is going to hold true in Buffalo. Yeah, I Draft think it's going to be one of those. Guys. I do think it is a bit of indictment on James Cook because they wanted James Cook to be that pass catching type game. of role. Yeah, he, I remember he when you solid. told me uh, he was like uh, Kareem Hunt 
fumbled his first play into the NFL. He did. He, he cooked did that, yeah. and it's never been good. It ever has since. not. Like, no. it has I was not. just trying to look for the bright. I wasn't. I wasn't extremely high. I wasn't extremely high on James Cook, but. Another under-the-radar move was that the Bills traded for safety Dean Marlowe from the Falcons for a seventh-round pick. Because what's the name's hurt, right? Poyer? He yeah. just got hurt? No, no, no. Uh, Micah Hyde's out for the season. No, but then Poyer, Poyer just got, got hurt? Up. Poyer's back. Oh, Poyer's okay, back. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. okay. And Dean Marlowe, well, he hasn't been good this year, but at least it's, it's, it's safety depth for them at least. I mean, they could throw anybody in there and the defense still be good. Truly so. not too familiar with Dean Marlowe's game. Yeah. And, the, and, the Chiefs you know traded, and the Chiefs traded Rashad Fenton to the Falcons for salary cap. Cool. Oh, the, oh, okay. Anything I else should, I, I should know? Oh, for salary Those cap? are all the moves that happened. It was it a historic trade. Move? Yeah. Mm. Are you guys surprised uh, Kamara didn't get traded? He was talked about a lot over the past I'm not surprised. He wanted a first. With how Andy Dalton's playing nah. with the Saints, the Saints have a legit chance to make a playoff push. They do. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's been talked about a lot last two, three weeks. The, Saint, the Saints won their first back from Philly. I would have. Oh, no, no, no. no. The they're, not, they're never getting that back. Yeah, they can no. get something else back, but they wasn't getting that if back. If they would have asked for like a second, I think yeah. they could probably get a deal done. Maybe like two seconds? CMC type of package, second and a third, second and a fourth. Yeah, not, like they're not getting that first back, bro. Hell no. Hell, you hold out to your life. Oh, yeah. I need them to keep losing. I wonder who you draft. Bijan. No, he's the Texas running he's back. I don't, I don't know if he'd go back. if he'd go that high. But the fact uh, you guys just have really not many holes that you could just use a luxury pick on the best running back prospect since he's like a Saquon tier. Would, would you be upset tier. if we go get Lamar? I would be surprised. I wouldn't be like, surprised. Really? Yeah. If Lamar's on the market, just because obviously Lamar is better than Hurts. No, no, clears. But you also don't have to pay Hurts. That's true. You could keep this team together for a couple seasons. You know, you pay Lamar, you're gonna have to make him. What's Hurts in year three? Yeah, this is year three. So you have to pay. So him you, soon. yeah, that's true. You have to pay him after next year, at least franchise tag him, give him some bread. I mean, if he doesn't win a playoff game, though, it's kind of like if he doesn't win a playoff game, then yeah, the rumors definitely heat up. Yeah. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, he's playing Thursday against the Texans at Houston Thursday night football. Another W. And Thursday night football last week the game was pretty good. Now this week it kind of you know. It's coming back down to earth. Amazon paid a billion for that. And the games have not been exceptional, but Eagles, they're primetime, they're must-watch TV, undefeated. And Boom Fantasy, we have some lines up right now for Thursday Night Football. These parlays, we got three selections. Joel, let's rally them off. I can't wait to rally them off after I find where I put them <laughs> in my notes. Here we go. Okay. Um, so first one, these are toss-ups. If you put $10 on this, all of them hit, you will get $60 in return. Jalen Hurts, over under one and a half passing touchdowns. Over, easily. I'm going with the over, but I will say, if there's a leg that messes up on this parlay, it's this one because the Texans have a solid pass defense. Oh, my God. And I could envision a world where Hurts has one touchdown, pass touchdown, and, like, two rushing. Uh, so I'm just going to say that, but, Listen, you know, man, I think he should get over one and a half. Jalen Hurts is hot. A.J. Brown is hot. Oh, the yeah. connection is on Real. fire. He's going to score at least two. At least two? Okay, I At like least. that. Um, moving on, Miles Sanders over under 76 and a half rushing yards. It's going to be over easy. The Texans have one of the worst rushing defenses in football. I would say Miles Sanders goes for 100, so I think this is over. I might jump on that. It's going to be over. They'll blow them out quickly, so they'll run the ball to ease the clock. Yeah, I'll take over. Then lastly, we have Davis Mills over under 232 and a half passing yards. Under. I'm going to go under. The Eagles have one of the best secondaries in football. Davis Mills in over half his games has gone under on the on 232 and a half passing yards. 
So I'm going under. I think the Eagles dominate this game pretty easily. I'm going to go under. Big play. Slay has put that group in elite company. So I'm going to take the under. And I do not like Davis. So Mills. that means that Riv and I, we agree See, I, on I, all of our picks, which yeah. means we're going to make this officially a pick-aside parlay. These are our picks. So you can go to Boom Fantasy and put in these picks right now, $10 for $60. Six times your money just with three these three picks. Thursday Night Football. And our next set of stuff is favorite parlays, which I – People want to bet. They want to bet, right? They want to do these player props. You want to get into it, but you don't want to risk that much money, and maybe you don't like the lines that are being offered on these toss-ups. That's where favorites come into play because favorites are lines that you look at it and you're like, well, this player should hit that, right? This player (laughs) should hit it. So we have some favorites right there. Let's talk about it. Let's go, Joe. You got them right there. These are favorites. Only at Boom Fantasy you're finding this. You're not finding this anywhere else at these DFS platforms. <laughs> Boom Fantasy got the favorites, toss-ups, long shots, whatever you want. You know, we Three have it here game at Boom. Modes. Um, so first up, your boy, Vooch. 14 and a half points. Does he hit that these mark? These games are going on tonight. Yeah, these are going the on right now. But Vooch versus the Nets. 14 and a half. Oh, yeah. Nick's, 14 and a half. Them boys. He's been playing really well. He's been uh, pretty efficient. Uh, he's been able to hit open jump shots lately, hit the three ball. I'm going to take the over. I, li- I like that. I'm going to take the over. Is Simmons playing? S- no, he is not playing. I'm going the over easily. Over? Yeah. You're, okay, I guess. I uh, know Joel put these together. Your guy again, SGA, 24 and a half points. Did you the put over? these together? I did put them together. Who they play? Orlando. He's been on fire been lately. Tweeting, you know, yeah. he's been taking over the game. I'm I'm gonna definitely take the over. His jump shot looks more improved, and the playmaking is there. The offense is there, so give me him over. I'm going over on this. I'm going over on all of them actually, but over? I'm just yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't go under on these. It's just Correct. picking over. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um. How about Bam? Seven and a half rebounds against the Warriors. Oh yeah, hammered over. He might have like 12, 13 rebounds. You can see why I put these lines together because I I, he's got, I look he's at all these ones and I'm good. like, you know what? I like them a lot. No, this is a good. If this, you make five good. selections, you can three times your money. So you can turn $10 to $30, $50 to $150. You know, that's why I made five selections. This is a beautiful ticket. How about Steph Curry over three and a half threes? He takes 12 of them shits. 12 <laughs> is ridiculous. Yeah, he shoots a lot of them. You got a best shooter ever. Over. I'm going over. If he makes four out of 12, that's 33%, and he's way above that. Yeah, way above that. And then lastly, Devin Booker, 24 and a half points. He's been also another one that's been on fire. He's only gone under 24 and a half one time this season. That was the last to. game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'll take the over, though. He, he they, they need him to score at that high rate for mm-hmm. them to be that good, so I'll take the over. I'm okay. taking the over. Last game, he had 30. It was against the Pelicans. He had 16. Ah, okay. Word. Yeah, yeah, he's these, had 28, 33, 35, 34, 16, 30. These, these seem like pretty much layups, right? You guys like these picks? You I can hope only, so. You're only getting these at Boom Fantasy, man. Use the link in our bio. If you're using these picks, tag us on social media. Yes. Tag Pick Aside. We'll retweet you. We'll talk about it. You know, let us know. If you guys are playing Boom Fantasy, you guys have to tag us on Instagram or Twitter. We will reply to it. We will repost it. We will engage with you if you send us these picks. And with that being said... I know I put this favorite parlay because, you know, I do think they're achievable in it. People that are watching the podcast now, they can go back and look at the games and see if they hit or not. Just banging on my luck, it's probably not going to hit because I'm always unlucky when it comes to these parlays. But in saying that, this month, last month, we did an NBA 2K giveaway. We reached out to the person that won the giveaway, Cody, but he has not Cody Barry. Resi- responded back. Cody Barry, if you're listening, check your email. I emailed you. You got one more week. You get, I was going to say, we, we need to get some more winners in here. So if you yes. don't respond if within you don't, the next if you few don't days. you don't respond within the next football episode, 
you lost yeah. your spot. If I emailed he does you. Not, if he does not respond, we will give the 2K to somebody else. But this month, it's a Modern Warfare 2 giveaway. It, you know, the game just came out. And if you want to be a part of the giveaway, go down in the link. Click on Boom Fantasy, download it, deposit $10 or more, and you'll be entered into the giveaway, and we'll announce it in about two weeks so you can play pretty soon. And we'll send you the digital code for whatever you have, whether it's PC, PlayStation, Xbox, doesn't matter. I was just playing for the first time the other day. It's fire. I Is haven't it really? played it yet. Fire, yeah. I haven't got it yet. Yeah, yeah, me either. Drew and I game share, so he copped it. He copped Call of Duty Xbox? Year. Yeah. Losers. So you guys can play Boom Fantasy now. Link is in our bio. Tell my girl to get and we like to interact with fans. Yeah, your girl on the on the show? Just putting that. I spread that. Part you just on my dick. You have to stop. She watches <laughs> us. Part so of my girl. Yeah, but come on. Part of interacting with the fans is them sending us the Boom Fantasy slips and and we repost it on Twitter and Instagram. But another one is every Sunday after the first slate of games in that in the NFL that happened. Takeaways. Give us your takeaways. And I have three tweets here. This one is from Griffin Lavelle. And he's somebody who always shows love. Shout out to him. Saw something on the lines possibly firing Campbell. Do you guys agree? I feel like he's built such a good culture here. He has built a great culture. And it's funny because last year, you know, you had your take. This is the best, worst team of all time. Um, I feel like they've kind of taken a step back this year. They, they don't seem to be as competitive week in and week out. And while their record is 1-6, I don't think Dan Campbell is quite on the hot seat. I think he does have to win a couple games down the stretch, at least be a bit more competitive in these games. He's a defensive guy, and the defense has not been there. I know there's personnel issues without a doubt, but you would like to see in year two the defense take a step up. They've been historically bad, so he's got to step it up, but I don't look at him like a Matt Rule right before he got fired from the Panthers where he just had no chance. I think Campbell, with his personality, the fans love him, the team loves him. He's going to get another chance next year. I agree. I think you watched his team offensively they've been great defensively it's been some rough patches but I think right now you have to let it ride out it's still too early to fire him because he is building somewhat of a culture there the fan like you said the fans love him the players love him you have to let this thing play out and the rebuild has just I don't want to say it just started but it's still really early give him a couple more years in the process four of the Lions losses has been have been by one score at some point even if you build a great culture you have to win there is no doubt Looking at what the Lions have this offseason, though, they have cap space, they have draft capital. I want to see them overhaul the defense. If next year the defense is improved, the offense stays somewhat the same as it has been, I think the Lions can take a big-time jump. Right now, Campbell is not on a hot seat, but after an offseason and another draft, if this, t- if this defense does not improve... Yeah. He has to be on the hot seat. We saw the Jets turn a complete 180, but they had a mix of vets plus young guys, right? They had Quinn in there. They signed DJ Reed. Like, they had a good mix. The The Lions don't quite have, like, that Quinn guy. I don't know if there's going to be anyone in the free agency market that's going to have as big of an impact as DJ Reed. So relying on a bunch of young guys and rookies might be a little difficult next year. Next tweet is from Lil O. Martinez, 55. Big O. Steelers may have to make a Cardinals move and draft a QB if they get a top two pick. Top two without a doubt. Wait, 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 wait. You said little old Martinez, Orlando? Yes. (laughs) Why'd you say it like that? No, that's his at name. Little old Martinez. I thought it was just Orlando Martinez. No, his at name on Twitter is not that. Oh, really? (laughs) He must have changed it. Yeah, it used to be Orlando. His at name on Twitter is Lil O Martinez 55. It used to be just Orlando Martinez. I could have said Lilo, but I was like, "Mm, it's probably Lil O. Okay, yeah, it used to be Orlando. That's why I was like, oh, okay. Uh, Reread the question. I'm sorry. 
It was the Steelers may have to make Cardinals move and draft a quarterback if they get a top two pick. It's not a question. It's a statement. Does anybody over here believe in Kenny Pickett? I don't. I, I don't think Kenny Pickett's that good. They currently have the fourth overall pick. The Panthers have the same record as them. Houston has one win. Detroit has one win. Pittsburgh has two. So they're in that conversation. The Panthers could still win the division, though, right? I mean, they're two games out. They're two and six. I don't. I don't think they're oh, going okay. to. I mean, if there's a world with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are there, I, I think Steelers take them no matter what. I'm Kenny Pickett is just not the guy. So I, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree too. If you have a chance to get that type of prospect, Kenny Pickett was a fine prospect. Don't get me wrong, but a fifth year starter, he's, someone he's, who took a 24. you know a few years to bloom. Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are another level. They could open up your offense Much the younger. way that Kenny Pickett cannot. So if you could be able to draft them and. I don't know what you get for Kenny Pickett. Do you get a third maybe? He's shown some things. Um, but, no, I would definitely make this move. You know, I think a favorite segment on the show for me is going to be talking about teams' draft history because a lot of teams have horrible draft histories, and I think it's kind of funny to look at. Since 2016, these have been the Steelers' first-round picks. 2016, Artie Burns. Not great. 2017, TJ Watt. Amazing. That was hit. Amazing pick. Amazing. 2018, Terrell Edmonds. Great. 2019, Devin Bush. Bust. 2020, they didn't have a first-round pick, but their first pick in that draft was a second-rounder, and that was Chase Claypool. Why did they have a first that year? Do you remember? I do not remember why. 2020. That's fair, I guess. But Chase Claypool's gone, Mm -hmm. and 2021, they drafted Najee Harris in the first round. Did they trade it for Minka? Yes. Yep, that was it. And 2022, they have drafted Kenny Pickett. So that means since 2016, it's been one hit, all bust, and one player who you traded who was good, but you traded. And look at, you're using them on linebackers and running backs half of And you're one hit, it got to be lucky because I was damn near generational. Yeah. Because you hit on TJ Watt. And I said this last podcast, I think Kenny Pickett's okay, but it, it was a reach in the first round. It was a reach. They were desperate. That's what Extremely they were. desperate. They were desperate. Extremely desperate. And Najee Harris can't take running backs in the first round. And even not, we're looking at him right now. He just has no burst. So would it's you slow. take, would you take Bijan in the first? No, I wouldn't. Okay. But even Bijan, I take him over Najee in the first round. Oh, yeah. What's your obsession with Bijan? No, I was just asking. because no, he's, he's a the, great player. Yeah. He's, but I will say this oh, also. He's the Bijan guy. When the Steelers no, drafted. I am, but he's the, like the running back one clearly in this class. When the Steelers drafted Najee. They had a clear need at offensive line. Yep. They didn't address yep. it. Who was there for uh, offensive line? Uh, that was Linderbaum's class, right? Or was it Dickerson's class? It was Dickerson's class, I believe. Because he could win like the third round. Uh, I don't remember the top of my head. So who went after Najee was ETN, Greg Newsom, Rashad Bateman, Peyton Turner, Eric Stokes, Rousseau, Owe, and Joe Tryon. The offensive line that went was Landon Dickerson in the second yeah. round early, Tevin Jenkins, Mm. Liam Eichenberg, Walker Little, Jackson Carmen, Samuel Cosme, Dylan Raiders. the only one you look at. Be like, yeah. Creed Humphrey late in the second. Oh, and, there yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So Landon Dickerson and Creed Humphrey in the second round. Yeah. Let's see what yeah, I was a heavy proponent on taking offensive linemen and then figure out running back later because it's a lot easier to find a good running back later yeah. than an offensive lineman who could start. Steelers are in um, fraud territory. They're, sh- they're in shambles. Yeah. This tweet is from Eric underscore Serafini. Tua has really improved. But he is getting overhyped. But is he getting overhyped a bit? So I'll read it again. Tua has really improved, but is he getting overhyped a bit? Some throws are way underthrown, but the receivers are able to make plays out of them. I talked about this on Twitter. Deep ball accuracy, and don't get me wrong, Tua has had some really good throws. 
you could attribute 50, maybe even 60% to the wide receiver, right? Like, look at some of the throws Jalen Hurts made. They're on the money, but A.J. Brown's also making ridiculous catches. T. Higgins, that throw, his touchdown, he just went up and got the ball. So, while I understand Tyreek Hill is this amazing receiver and making Tua look better, he should. You spent a first-round pick. You spent $30 million. This is what Tyreek Hill was brought in to do. Now, is Tua been overrated? Overhyped. I, overhyped. I guess it depends where you put him. I mean, this year, he's without a doubt a top 10 quarterback. You can make the argument he's probably been a top five quarterback this year, but that doesn't put him Wouldn't that in be the top. Overrating him, though? Overhyping he's him? having a top five season. Is he in that top five, like going into next season? Are you putting him over Justin Herbert? You're putting him over well, Joe I mean, Burrow? I no. feel like. Even at one point, Kirk Cousins has had top five, top ten seasons. So you wouldn't put him in that conversation. Correct. Yeah, but I look at it very similar. Okay, you know, like they're having these elite seasons, yeah. but there's always there's a there's always a question mark about Kirk. There's a question mark about Tua, and even like a guy like Jalen Hurts who's broken out this year yeah. too. There's always gonna be question marks till you prove it year after year after year. My response to this tweet is simple. I think a lot of people, almost the majority of NFL fans. Understand who Tua is. He's a system quarterback. He has great talent, and he looks phenomenal right now. There is no doubt. But he really hasn't been put in high-leverage pressure situations or in situations where he's had to go on the road where the weather's bad because he struggles in rain, and, and he's had to win the game for the Dolphins. With that being said, I don't think anybody's overhyping Tua outside of Miami. this Miami Dolphins fan base and the Tua Anons. And some pundits that talk on mainstream media. For the most part, everybody's pretty realistic on what Tua is. But it's just the Miami Dolphins have a very loud fan base. They do. But let's be honest. People are talking about, we talked about today, Miami going to the Super Bowl. Miami being able to win a Super Bowl. But that's because of the roster, not because of Tua. I mean, understandable. And I think everybody understands if the Dolphins underachieve, it's probably going to be because of the quarterback. I mean, yeah, my response to that is that's what you get your great that's what great receivers are for. That's their job to make your quarterback look better than what they are. You know, and I don't I don't overhype him because I don't put him in that Allen Mahomes, even Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson conversation. Herb, I don't put him in that conversation. He's in, like I said, the Dak Kirk conversation. Like he I think he borderline top ten. Yeah, I think that's where he'll end up being. So I don't Kyler still clears? Yeah. (laughs) Kyler Kyler fucking clears. Actually, well, yeah. Uh He's more dynamic, so he's made a conversation this year at the very least. I mean, he yeah, he's dead, bro. I mean, D Hop's back, so he looks a lot better. D Hop looks fucking amazing. What D Hop's gonna be D Hop? Yeah. You know, Kyler looks amazing now. But um, not nah, Tua. That's what your wide receivers do. I don't like when people knock people because their wide receivers are doing their job. That's what you you know. T Higgins, that's what his job is. He's damn near a number one. Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Tua, Waddle. You're supposed to do that, bro. I said Tua Hill, Waddle. You're supposed though, yeah. to do that. So I'm not nah. Only people overhype him, like you said, are Miami fans. Yeah, Miami fans are trying to make Justin Herbert versus Tua a debate. It's not a debate. Herbert clears an ability and talent. It's just Tua as fucking Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Come on. Herbert is rocking and people's with respo- Keenan Allen right now. You know now. what's funny? People's response to that is usually, but Herbert has Eckler and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Keenan it's Allen it's ain't a slow a... wide receiver core. It's slow. It That's, it's, it's slow. Keenan Allen ain't been him in years. What, is, what are we doing? They cannot here? stretch the field like Hill and Jim. Yeah, and look at Mike McDaniel come over. You have a great head coach compared to Brandon State. Like, Herbert has been doing this with probably a subpar coaching staff. His rookie year with a bad offensive if they, line. If they switched, Miami would be the clear oh favorites my, if, in yeah, the If AFC. Herbert was on the Dolphins, oh, my God. Come on, what, are we, what are we doing here? Yeah, nah. The trade deadline happened today. And because of that, I wanted to see 
how in real time the trade deadline affected the mojo market. Mojo <laughs> is where you can invest in stocks, where you can invest in players like their stocks. And how did the trade deadline affect some of these players? So offensive players are removed, TJ Hawkinson, Chase Claypool, Naheem Hines. I didn't put Kadarius Tony in here. I probably should have. I will say that I invested stock into Hawkinson, Claypool, and Naheem Hines because I think all of them in, new, in the new situation, their price is going to go up somewhat. So this is my question to you guys. Right now, because of the trade deadline, Hawkinson went up 5%, Hines went up 6%, and Claypool went up 1%. Which one of these players, Hawkinson, Naeem Hines, and Chase Claypool, are going to have the most success on their new team? Tony's up almost 18% in the last week. So between, you said between Hawkinson, yeah. Claypool, and Tony? Yes, you know what? Let, let's add Tony into the mix because I think I think, I think it easily yeah. should be TJ. So I think let's add Tony into the mix. So let me re-ask the question: okay. Between these four players who were traded to new teams, okay. who's going to have the most success? Hawkinson, Naeem Hines, Chase Claypool, or Kadarius mm-hmm. Tony? For me, I think it's TJ. I mean, you're talking about the type of attention Justin Jefferson receives week by week. TJ would get some favorable matchups. Kirk Cousins is a statistic machine. You know, he's going to get the numbers. TJ is going to get the looks. And I think the Vikings are, are a playoff team, so they'll be able to go farther and play farther. Um, and Tony will too, but I just think when you look at the Chiefs, they have so many guys. Tony could walk into a game and not even touch the ball, or next week he can have eight catches. With TJ, I think he'll be heavily involved in the offense. And with Claypool, Fields, as great as he is, has been, his his uh, offensive like his uh, passing game is still up and down. You know he still misses some throws. He's still a little bit inaccurate, and they still run the ball like the nineteen eighty five season. So I think T J. Hawkinson is the guy I would put my money on. I think Hawk is the safest play here. I think week in week out, you know what his target's going to be. You know he's going to be he's going to produce for a good team who's going to make the playoffs, maybe even win a playoff game. But if you want to go for that boomer bust guy, it's got to be Kadarius Tony. Yeah. We talked about it, you know, early in the show. He's already had games against Trayvon Diggs, putting up 180 yards, looking like a joystick out there, breaking ankles, like looking like a legitimate wide receiver one option. And I know Kansas City has invested in free agency this past offseason, a second round pick in Sky Moore, but they went and traded a third round pick. They picked Tony. There was guys on the trade market available. They said, "We want you, Kadarius. They want him on this team." Andy Reid, his brilliance, he has some sort of plan for him. So if you want to go for that guy that could really blow up and, you know, be in that top maybe 20 or 25 receivers on Mojo, because he's only like 6 or $7 right now, Kadarius wow. Tony. So you could go invest he's in him right now. He's up 18% since yeah. getting traded. Yep. So you could go invest in him, maybe throw a multiplier on there too if you really want to get your earnings back. Because once Tony steps on the field and he's healthy with Mahomes, we could see things get really dangerous. And just looking on Mojo right now, Kadarius Tony right now on Mojo, you can put a three times multiplier on him, which means that if you invest, whatever money you invest, you can get three times that if you invest into Kadarius Tony by using a multiplier on him right now. I believe I invested into Naheem Hines. I put the multiplier on a quarterback or a player, I believe. Let me see who it was on. And just to give you context, the guys that are around Kadarius Tony right now, we're talking about Kendrick Bourne, Ooh. Sterling Shepard, Rondell Moore, like guys that Kadarius Tony can clear. I think Kadarius Tony is going to be awesome in Kansas City. So me, I'm going to go get Kadarius Tony on Mojo. There's no doubt. Looking at Mojo right now, though, if you invest into Jalen Hurts, you can multiply returns times 10. Mm. I invest in Hurts. I think Tua minute. might be the same thing. Tua, Tua's price is extremely disrespectful right now. Extremely disrespectful. Tua has a five-time return. 
So who has a five-time return? You invest in them to invest into them right the now. Dolph- who the Dolphins got this week? They have the don't don't look it up yet. I want to I want to see if I get it right. The Dolphins are playing the Bears. Bears playing the Bears. They're playing the Bears. Yeah, they're playing the Bears. In Chicago, it. let's let's yeah. look at the weather before I invest in Tua. <laughs> <laughs> but looking at my portfolio right now, so I invested into T.J. Hawkinson and Naeem Hines and players that got traded. So looking at my portfolio, Tua's up four percent for me. Caleb Williams is up two percent. Bryce Young is up fourteen percent almost. For Caleb. Sam Ellinger is down ten percent. Yeah, that was rough. He had an okay <laughs> debut though. Yeah, they didn't win. if they would have won the game, he probably yeah. would be up. T.J. Hawkinson, I'm down 1%, but I invested him today. That's a long-term thing. Chase Claypool is down 1.87%, and Jalen Hurts is up 3%. Are there any guys you're shorting? Shorting means we think the price is going to go down. Is there anyone out of today that you would short that, uh, I don't know if it's going to work out long-term? Mm, I can't think of any of the, off the top of my head, just based on the moves that happened today. I really can't. Yeah. But I know that you guys made some investments Sunday, you, and A.J. Brown. How much did you make off AJ Brown percentage wise? Uh, let's talk. Let's talk big money. Uh, How much did his percentage go up? So right now, yo, this is crazy. Like, you want to read it for me? Because I actually can't read it. <laughs> Why can't you read it? You, I don't you, know what's up here, going on. You do. You could do return percent. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So right. Wow. So Riv is up thirty seven percent on AJ Brown. Goddamn. 37%. That was right before you AJ yeah. Jalen Hurts is up 4%, and Kenny Pickett, by shorting him, he's up almost 5%. I'm up 18% on Tua, who I went long on, and I'm up almost 4% on Mac Jones, who I shorted on Sunday. Yeah, I did that right before solid. the three-touchdown game. What yeah. a magical way that happened. Yeah. Tua at $36, man. NFL midseason awards. Let's go over our midseason awards right here. So MVP, Offensive Player of the Year. DPOY, <laughs> Offense Rookie of the Year, Defense Rookie of the I Year. I think we're going to all have the same answer Comeback Player of, of the Year and Coach of the Year. So let's start off with the first one, MVP. Who's the MVP I, I want you to go first. mid-season award? Th- this has been your agenda all year. Let's the get whole it. Trifecta. We got to do it. So pick I, a side. I want, you, I want you to start it off, Rip. Pick a side. Pick a side mid-season awards. Let's get to it. Who's the MVP? Oh, man. Well, um. Mid-season award, you know, my agenda looks really, really good. Number one team in the AFC, along with the MVP, you know. Highest-graded quarterback in the NFL. NFL, he leads the league in, in big-time throws. He's beaten Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. I don't know if said his name yet. Oh, no, I'm going to say it. Okay, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the, sure. you know, gotcha. He's beaten Aaron Rodgers. He's beat Mahomes. He's beat Lamar. He's outplayed all three of them. They have the number two scoring offense in the NFL. They're 6-1. and one. Josh Allen. I think you can have a conversation between him, Hurts, and Mahomes, but I think right now, being as if they're the number one team in the AFC, he's been playing out of his mind. He's also beaten Patrick Mahomes. You know, I think, you know, as much as Hurts has been undefeated, I think Allen has looked a little bit more impressive. So I'm going to go Josh Allen for my MVP. Josh Allen's mine as well. When you're talking about MVPs, there's not too much to say. I mean, Josh Allen's been nothing short of fantastic this year. He's number one in total yards per game, number two in passing touchdown, throws over 300 yards per game while having the second highest QBR in the NFL. (laughs) Has that win over Kansas City in the regular season to really stamp this. Because it's a regular season award, right? Having that win over Kansas City is going to be huge for him. Lamar as well, yeah. Um, It really comes down to the one seed, I think. Like, I think... Mahomes and him are probably going to have really similar stats. And Jalen Hurts probably still is. He's not even a dark horse. Like, he's top two or three in terms of MVP voting just because they're still undefeated. I mean, they finish Um, undefeated. 
Yes. Hurts will if, get the MVP. Yeah, if they're undefeated, MVP. I don't think they're going to go undefeated, but Jalen Hurts deserves his credit too because they are undefeated. 16 total touchdowns, only five turnovers. The lowest turnover-worthy play percentage in the NFL. Top five in quarterback rating. He's really turned it around this season. Tua statistically has been great as well. He's just missed some games too. And I, I don't think voters are going to give him that award with Josh Allen and uh, Patrick Mahomes in the same conference because they're not going to be at the top of the AFC. But right now it's Josh Allen. I went back and forth in this one because I love Josh Allen. I love Patrick Mahomes, but I got to go with Josh Allen here. I think he's played the best in the NFL this season. I think he's he's been the best quarterback in the NFL this season. To me, just with what my eyes are watching, stats prove it. Although Mahomes is leading the first offense in terms of DVOA this year as well, and he's, uh, I believe, third in QBR, Allen second. I got to go with Josh Allen. He's my guy. He's been my guy since the offseason. Offensive player of the year. Oh, you did that first. Okay. Tyreek Hill. Oh, he's been. Is that all of our offensive player of the years? He's, he's Tyreek for me. Tyreek Hill is mine. It was well. either him or Jettas, and he's been better than Jettas. Jettas. He's so. clear Jettas. Tyreek Hill is on pace to break Cup's record, yardage record yeah. last year. I hope he does. I love, I love to see 20, shit like that. Yards. Yeah. He has four I think games. We'll, I think we'll have the same DPOI, too. He has, Tyreek has four games of 160 receiving yards. The rest of the NFL is five. Wow. Every week, he's just been going nuclear. Next award, DPOI. Do we all have Micah Parsons? We indeed have all have Micah yes. Parsons. Eight sacks, 22 hurries, nine quarterback hits, 39 he like pressures. 30, yeah. He's the reason they're 6-2. and two. Yeah. He's the reason. Biggest uh, reason. He's, sure. And he's also the reason that they can arguably go to the uh, to the Super Bowl, I, I feel like. I feel like he's he's that game changer that we've been talking about, like a TJ Watt, like an Aaron Donald, somebody that can completely wreck a whole offensive scheme in one playoff game. So I think – have, having him as a DPOI has to be him. Offensive rookie of the I year. I think we will all have the same answer. Really? I don't know if we will. What are you going to say? If it wasn't for the injury, be no, no, no. I don't want to hear all that. Um, okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, okay, then, he right, got yeah. hurt. So it's Kenneth Walker. And oh, it's my Chris Olaf. Olave. 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 I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, okay. It went, I, went from, I went from my agenda thriving with Brees well, Hall. Only because Brees Hall got hurt. To the so, yeah. opposite because yeah. I was lowest on Olave out of all the receivers. He's been balling. Coming to this past week, he was top 10 in receiving yards. He has come into New Orleans with or without Michael Thomas. Yeah. He, he's taken over that wide let's, receiver let's, one role. You know, pay some respect. If Brees Hall didn't get hurt, he would be the consensus yeah. number one here. Right now it's Olave. Yeah. He's going to clear 1,000 yards most likely. He's doing it with Andy Dalton and Jameis <sighs> and all these guys. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Andy Dalton gives me nightmares. Chris Olave, that's a great pick, but I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker. 18th in rushing yards, tied six in touchdowns, and he hasn't even been the start of the entire year. I think the Seahawks will make the playoffs, Ooh. and it will be in I'm large part to Kenneth Walker, being well, one of the best backs. Of course, Geno Smith is You got well. Seattle getting in? I, I, I got I Seattle getting you guys in. Got Seattle. Seattle. You guys are running with and that And that's one. why I think Kenneth Walker is going to be offensive do, rookie of the year. Do you like the Rams more or Seattle? I don't. I think neither. Both of them can miss it. Who? I mean, someone's got to make it. Then I got to look at it again. You know what? I got to look at it again. Because we talked about this the last football yeah. episode. It was between uh, the Packers, the um the Rams and the Seahawks. It was so. One. It's just so funny to me because we were laughing here in the summer how they might not win four games, and now they could possibly make the playoffs. Shout out Pete Carroll, man. And talking about the Seahawks making the playoffs, I got I to look at it. Another big reason why they'll do it is because the comeback player of the year, Geno Smith, is going Gino? to lead you have them Gino there. Over Saquon? Yes, I do. What? <laughs> it's not ridiculous. What's I have Saquon. Geno is the Saquon, biggest comeback. Well, I, thought, I thought comebacks were just guys who had seriously in, bad injuries, and then no, uh, it could be it could be this too. Is this Gino, story too. Ryan Tannehill okay. won't come back player of the year. I thought he got hurt. He didn't get hurt. Oh, okay. So he story two. Okay, okay, okay. Geno Smith, first in completion percentage, 
Fourth well, in QBR, eighth in yards, fifth in touchdowns. You touchdown. have that, but I'm going Gino. The Giants are what five and two, six and one, and the Seahawks just two. beat them. Yeah. Hey, that's fair, they but they the Giants are they? Come on, bro. Like I don't know, it'll, it'll go back and forth. Gino's like been that. fantastic, but Saquon's also Saquon's been arguably been the best, best running, running back. back. No, there's no doubt. But quarterback matters more than running back. I'm it going. Does. You think so? Because Saquon's literally back. But Saquon's the also the like the sexy name out of those two. Like voters going to go for. He is. I, I, Saquon it's definitely. It'll be Saquon's story is amazing. There's no doubt. Gino's fire. I think Gino's story is a bit better no, I, I, and I especially and especially it. after the quote they wrote me off i didn't write back when they come back player ever. of the year i don't hate it putting the stamp on I it i don't hate it yeah. i don't hate it defensive rookie of the year oh, easily sauce 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 garner not to me about too this shit either that's that's crazy because in in like the regular or the preseason uh-huh. we were doing these we were talking about sauce like nah db's never gonna Who'd win you it. Had? and that's just i don't remember who i had might have been Hutchinson you could have had grease and sauce crazy yeah we could have yeah but that's just how dominant Sauce has been that you could legitimately say a defensive no, back is going to win. Sauce Gardner or Tariq Woolen. It's between those two. I literally, I, I don't ooze a lot over NFL players, but I watch Sauce and I ooze. Like, just so lengthy. Yeah, he's lengthy. He's, he's just he's, different. Like, like he locked up. I don't want to say locked up because that's rude, but Tyreek Hill and Waddle had by far they did nothing on his side. their worst game. I know it's with Skylar Thompson, but they were eating like, with Teddy I, Like Ridgewater. watching Sauce on hit, there's nothing that happens on his side. Like he makes... It's shut down island over there's there. There's no doubt. The length he has is breathtaking. No, it's ridiculous. Watching him is, Yo, oh my, what wait, fuck? what the fuck? That was crazy. Huh? <laughs> Seven out of his, I think, eight games, he's allowed 33 or less yards. And Jacoby, I didn't even know he played no, yeah. that game. And they credited him with the touchdown with some bullshit. It was not his fault. It wasn't his fault. Last award, coach of the year. It's got to be Nick. Oh, really? Got, it has okay. to be. Right now, it has to be. That's, I have Brian Dable. Okay. Brian Dable. So we all have different picks. I have Kevin O'Connell. Okay, I think Pete Carroll's in the conversation, too. I think Kevin O'Connell is one of those guys that nobody's going to talk about. He probably doesn't win the award, but sure, I love Brian Dable. I love the Sirianni Pete Carroll would have been cool, too. Mike McDaniel, he can sneak up in, into this race as well. I I'll think- tell you, if, if the Seahawks win a division in a division we thought would be the toughest division, Pete Carroll, I, I would be you fine. Know, you know what else, it. though? I, we didn't even mention one of the best coaches, at, the best coach out of these guys, Mike Vrabel. Titans 5-2. and two. He deserves some Listen, Mike McDaniel's in that conversation as well, what he's doing with this offense. If the, if the Jets make the playoffs solid, like there's so many coaches this Damn. year that really broke out. Sirianni, I just think the Eagles had the expectation of we could win the division while the Giants came into this. I'm like, they could have a top five pick this year, right? I'm just looking at it as we might finish the year 14 and 3, 15 yeah. and 2. Like, yeah. If you, you guys get if you guys get, it, get like, to that 14, 15 win mark, then yeah. He yeah, he has to get it yeah. respectfully. But I, I like all those answers. I, I like Pete Carroll for the next answer, though. I feel like if he if you win that division, that's everyone, crazy. everyone wrote him off, bro. No one thought Seattle was going to yeah. be yeah. fucking close. He thought they'd stink. Yeah. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. In our life, we are faced with challenging situations, problems we're stuck on, or maybe we just aren't feeling too well. It's always better to face these situations with help. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. If you're thinking of therapy, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. You get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can switch therapists at any time. I think that's the best feature that BetterHelp offers because when I decided to go into therapy, it was in person. The therapist was at random. I had no idea what I was walking into. But with BetterHelp, you get some security that the person that you'll be matched up with is somebody that is going to help you with problems that you are struggling with. Mental health is more important than ever, and taking care of it is pivotal. You can go to betterhelp.com slash pick aside for 10% off your first month. That's better 
dot com slash pick aside for ten percent off your first month. He just listen when there's when it's like Pete Carroll. He gives me the Greg show, Popovich vibes at the yeah, moment. I like, feel like when it's Pete running the show, like he does his. You know what I mean? Like Russ has been has turned into the top five quarterback. Have you heard that guy? Have you heard? Did you hear the uh, statement Tyler Lockett made? I did after the Giants when he said that it's easy to win when. There's not a guy trying to take all the credit. It, it reminds me of that year the Clippers had no star and they made the playoffs. But they Gino Smith is a star. Come on, bro. Kenneth Walker's a star. Their star is DK and Lockett. Can really. we be fucking for real right now? What do you mean? Gino is the star. <sighs> you know what I mean, though. They don't yeah. have like a, a big name guy. They just got their Lou Will. Gino they got Smithian? Their Danilo Gallinari. You know, they got their little guys and they just do their thing. They're Doc Rivers when he was good, you know. They do their thing. So. But Doc Rivers is good. He just he he's what he underachieves with great talent and over. No, I think he's bad he, talent. I think he's been dog shit at this point. <laughs> like last two years, he's been pretty dog. But shit. when he has rosters that you don't expect nothing from, he's great. Yeah, it's really fucking weird. But like when he has magic, the, when yeah, but when he has the there. rosters when he's supposed to win, he just I don't know, man. Doc's a weird. Shout guy. Boston. It's pressure sometimes just crumbles people. And speaking about pressure, the 2021 NFL quarterback draft class. Eight quarterbacks taken within the first three rounds, the most in draft history. There was a lot of pressure on these guys. And so far, it has been disappointing. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Davis Mills. Now, what we're here to do is we're here to give each of these quarterbacks a grade, a report card. Right, but we're not going to measure all the little individual specifics. Just a final grade on how they've been <clears throat> thus far in their career. So first name up is Trevor Lawrence. Giving him a report card. We're going to do some analysis on him as well. So Trevor Lawrence, what is his grade thus far in his career? I don't have, I don't have, I don't have no A. No, I don't have an A either. And I have one B. You have a B. I have one. Okay. B. And it was like it was a struggling B. Yeah. This is hard, man. These Giving these grades are really hard because I think for most of these quarterbacks, they have moments where you could see something, and they also have moments, whether it's their rookie year or their second year, where it's like, oh, this a lot is have borderline a disaster. Um, are we starting with Trevor? Trevor, I have a C plus. I can't get mad at that. I, I have gave, a C plus. I, I gave him a B. Give him a B? Okay. I gave him a B. Trevor Lawrence, to me, B is generous. I think he's a C plus. I, I agree with that. What was that? Like, Trevor Lawrence, I, I kind of throw Trevor Lawrence's rookie season out the window because yeah. of Urban Meyer. Mm. But even in his second season, he's been a C plus is kind of generous. He's horrible in a clutch. He threw a dumb interception to Justin Simmons in the red zone. Yeah. Fourth quarter interception to Kwan Williams. Since Lawrence and the Jaguars have started two and one, Lawrence has four touchdowns, five interceptions, a fifty seven point eight completion percentage and a hideous 72.6 passer rating. All six of his interceptions this season have come in the red zone or in the final two minutes of a one-score game. I also think he has those Zach-like moments where he tries to do too much. Like that, I forgot what play, he was like on the right hash, and he threw, he almost like he was trying to throw the ball away on the left yeah. side, and he just it was right to a defender. And when talking about Trevor, with Zach Wilson, when he's not pressured, he's good. When he's pressured, he's a disaster. Trevor Lawrence, when he's been unpressured over the past five games, he ranks 27th in QBR, 32nd in completion percentage above expectation, and 31st in off-target rate. He's been one of the worst quarterbacks when there's been no pressure. I don't know. I just think, like, looking at Trevor Lawrence those first three games, 
there isn't a quarterback on this list for that the most part stretch. that has that stretch of just looking like it's a just, fucking and that's quarterback. That's why it's like those it's three games we're really talking about. So how high can that grade go? That's why I gave him a B. Well, I have another guy that has a B, but I can only be. I can only imagine. I guy. gave this other guy a B. I'll talk about okay. it later. I, okay. I gave this other guy a B. But yeah, just those three games amazed me. He looked like a a real life elite superstar quarterback. None of these guys have really looked like that. In a three-game span. And you just you just got to give Trevor some time. You yeah. got to give all these guys some time, but especially Trevor, who had just the worst possible rookie season you could imagine. Give Almost treat this like his rookie season. Now he has weapons. He has a competent coach, Calvin Ridley, next year. So I think he'll figure it out. But, yeah, if we're just judging these first, whatever, 20 games of his career, he's in that, like, C, C-plus range. Next one, second overall pick, Zach Wilson out of BYU. I gave him a C. You gave him a C? Oh, you're generous. I'm not going to lie. You're generous. Well, I look at, like, situations, and I look at, like, you know, what they're working with. And Zach, for this year, he hasn't shown anything that warrants, that screams, number two pick, you know, franchise quarterback. But when he's not asked to do much, he's been fine. You know, he's been good managing the game. And, I like, sometimes I like game managers, you know, because they mm-hmm. do what you need them to do to get you a win. You guys are backpacked by the running game. That's fine. He does his job. Yeah. So you know what? I got to give him a C for that because he was doing his job. When you asked him to do a little bit too much, the Steelers game, he was dog shit. But in the fourth, which I love to see the most, where it mattered the most, he showed up. He got you out of win. Last week was a shit show. So he's like one and one for me. But in the game management modes, he's been fine. So I give him a C. Joe, I want to go with this one first. Go because for it. I had a lot to say about Zach Wilson before the show. And I got a lot to say about him now. So just analyzing him, accuracy issues, decision-making, can't handle pressure, looks like his mind scrambles when he's pressured. It looks like he's okay, and, and then when he gets pressured, his, just, his mind just like goes all over the place, and he just kind of panics. And he's not seeing the entire field right now. I gave him a C-minus, though. And the reason for that is because after the Patriots game, everybody wanted to just write him off. And what bothers me about that is that Zach right now is getting the most scrutiny of any quarterback in this class because he plays in New York, because he plays in the biggest market. Zach Wilson went to mile high, faced Denver in high altitude on the road. He got a win. He didn't have any turnovers. He played a clean game. He had 110 passing yards. That's true. Trevor Lawrence goes to London. He doesn't even go to enemy territory. There's a lot of Jaguars fans in London. Trevor Lawrence throws 130 passing yards. He throws two crucial interceptions that resulted in the Jaguars' loss. He cost the Jags a game. Nobody's talking about it. But Zach Wilson manages his way to a win. Game manages his way to a win. Oh, he's horrible. Oh, he's so bad. Trevor Lawrence does the same thing. He was worse, and he lost. Oh, but no, Trevor, uh, we can't say anything bad about him. Trevor Lawrence, since starting out 2-1, has been abysmal too. He hasn't been that good. But Zach Wilson, coming back from a near ACL injury, having having no preseason, facing some of the top pass defenses since coming back, oh, we're just going to write him off because he had a bad game against the Patriots. I told Joe this before the show. All those mistakes he had, are fixable. Were they stupid? Yes, they were stupid. Especially the one, I mean, the first one was just inaccuracy issues, right? Going off his back foot. Second one, you just got to make sure the ball's out of bounds. And, and the third one, it's an arm punt, but really he didn't give his guy a chance. Should have just threw that away too. That was a bad moment for sure. 
But let's not act like every moment before that was a disaster. He was taking care of the ball. He was just fine. And he actually has a game-winning drive against the Pittsburgh Steelers in his first start of the season. Trevor Lawrence in that same situation against the Broncos couldn't get it done. I'm just saying. People, people called Zach a game sabotager, but Trevor Lawrence just sabotaged the game for Jacksonville in London. Nobody's saying anything. I, I think Zach Wilson, whether you think he's going to be good or not, yeah. there's no doubt that with how he's talked about within a draft class, there's so much more pressure on him. There's so much more of a microscope on his performance than any of these other quarterbacks. And it's because of two things. He plays in New York, and the Jets are in a position to make the playoffs. So his growth yep. now has to be accelerated. Yep. I understand that. I still believe in Zach Wilson, but what I said on Twitter was true. I'm having no expectation. I'm going to see how this thing plays out. I'm done coming up here and hyping Zach Wilson up and saying he's going to be this great Thank and this that, that, this, that. I'm done doing that, but I'm going to watch how everything plays out and just stay yes. solid. Can I actually because do? I do think the way those two guys are talked about is so much different, and I think it's because people just want to see Zach Wilson fail. Can I ask both of you a question? You know, being as you guys are both diehard Jets fans and uh, watching your faces on Sunday were truly a work of hilariousness. Um, <laughs> question, question number one, and then it's a follow-up question. You saw me. I wasn't panicked, though. No, you were You were yeah. loud the first half, and you didn't speak for a whole second half. You were just sitting there like. But I told you, man. He's young. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah which is um. So, do you guys think what's what's your ceiling for Zach? And my follow up after that is, do you think maybe his ceiling is what you you might think his ceiling is high? Do you think maybe he's just in that Jimmy G category type of quarterback? Zach Wilson has so much talent to be Jimmy G as mm-hmm. a ceiling. What Zach has to do right <clears throat> now is he actually has to learn how to play like Jimmy Garoppolo. He has to learn how to manage a game, go through his reads. And then the out-of-structure stuff is going to happen. Daniel Jeremiah said it perfectly. Zach Wilson right now is 20% distributor and 80% just trying to create a play. He has to be the opposite. 80% distributor and 20% doing the out-of-structure stuff. So Zach Wilson right now just has to run an offense. Just run the offense. And all that other outside stuff will come, but just run the offense. I don't think Zach Wilson is capable of being Jimmy G right now, and I mean that – he has too much faith in himself. Mm-hmm. He wants to consistently make a play like Daniel Jeremiah said. Um, and he just, he panics too much. Like he has one read, there's no pressure and he's trying to break the pocket. And, and that's the reason why you take these sacks. That's the reason why you get put out of field goal range, why you make your field positioning worse for a great defense. Now you're punting from he your 10 to your 20. Sense, I know, but even still, there was multiple times during that Patriots game where he rolled out of the pocket for really no reason. Yeah. Or he could have stepped up in the no, pocket, no, no got a first down, or, or just reset himself. Yeah, there's no doubt. But here's the difference between Zach and Justin Fields. And this is not me saying one guy's better than the other. Just in how they handle pressure, Zach Wilson can sense it and can get out of it. He does have to step up, and yet his pocket presence has to be so much better. So much. But Zach Wilson doesn't take sacks. He was pressured the most times against New England he was all season. 17 pressures. He was under duress all, all, all game. But he gets out of sacks, and he doesn't take them. His issue is throwing the ball away and not trying to just create something that with nothing there. But his Justin Fields has the highest sack rate in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He is kind of like oblivious to the pressure that comes, and – he doesn't get out of it fast enough, and he doesn't really manage the pocket well. The issue with Zach, though, is he puts himself in position to get pressured, and that's where we see him struggle. Maybe he doesn't take the sacks, but yeah. once he gets pressure and he tries to run out of the pocket and make a play, that's when we see everything fall apart. I just think Zach, right now, he believes in himself and his arm talent that 
he's struggling just to play in a system. He said it after the game. He said, I get bored of throwing these balls away. I get bored of rolling out of the pocket and there's nothing open. Like, I just I want to make a play. And I understand that he's competitive. He's a quarterback, someone who went number two overall, who was great in college. He's been great his entire life. Now you come into the NFL. We see it all the time. Trevor Lawrence went fucking damn near undefeated his whole college career. He comes in the NFL his first year. They were the worst team in the league. <laughs> That's just the reality of the NFL. And some guys can, you know, adjust to it and play in a system and be able to make the right reads. And then other guys are just too stuck in their ways and wanting to always make a play be the hero and that's really what Zach had to come to this previous game against New England in a system we saw Zach can win games with this offense but right now if he's going to be asked to carry it and throw the ball 40 times the Jets aren't gonna be winning a lot of games he, well, puts he just the has ball, to run the system that's it uh, yes he does he just put the ball in his receiver's hands we saw how great Garrett Wilson had a 100 yard game Elijah Moore should play more as the season progresses. I think Robert Sala was just trying to give him, you know, that punishment. You went out and asked for a trade. You put this locker room in shambles. We're going to play Denzel Mims over you. I don't think that lasts the whole year if the Jets really want to make a playoff push. Right now, Zach, I gave him a D plus. I think he's regressed since his rookie year, for being quite honest. That last, you know, six, seven game stretch stretch when he came back from injury he was playing in the system he was playing well but since coming into the second year I know he had the injury he didn't have preseason he didn't have training camp for a lot of the time as well he's regressed since his rookie year and you really can't say that except for Mac Jones in the rest of this draft class so you had him a C minus I have him a D plus I'm glad we're starting to see eye to eye on Zach where I see the potential I see the arm talent I see the mobility but we can't just blindly say this is our franchise quarterback. This team right now, which is why I said in the last football episode, that it might be a bad thing for Zach. The Jets are winning. His, you know, uh, his progression as a quarterback has to be sped up now. This team all of a sudden went from a team that we thought could be decent to they have a real chance to make the playoffs now. And with that, Zach has to be better week in and week out. He's not doing that right now. So I have him a D plus. He'll be better. Well, he can't be much worse. He's ah, dead last. He's dead last in completion say, percentage. Will, I, He's like. Top 10 in turnover-worthy plays, even though he's played two or three will, less games will, than all these other I will guys. Say, I will say this, too, as well. Even if the running game wasn't going, we could have beat the Patriots if Zach Wilson just runs the offense. Sucks. That's fact. You said we could have. Yeah. Yes, agreed 100%. So Zach Wilson score. just has to be better. That's it. And that, Did you give and, your grade for Zach? Yeah, I gave him a C. And we're not... That, that last interception, I can't call it an arm punt. I can't. The, did the, it for Matthew Stafford. The, the DB. La, remember Matthew Stafford we, in the Super Bowl? The DB The DB came back. The one in the end zone you're saying? Yes. The, it was in the end zone. The DB came back and brought the Fuck ball back to here. like the 40. Zach was, didn't know he was going to return it that much. He throw the ball out of bounds. Jesus. Can we, can we understand both were bad plays though? Yeah. Because you were trying to say the R put in the Super Bowl wasn't a bad play. It was still a bad play. It was a bad but play. But Zach Wilson play wasn't worse? No, it was worse. But I'm okay. just saying. One is an R put. One is not. Like, okay, definitely, when, yeah. But when Matt Stafford's in a Super Bowl, I can make excuses for him. I can't make excuses for Zach. Well, he's shit now. That could have still shit. won that game, though. The Patriots could not score, at, no. like, at all. Like, they're and, really And it sucks shit. when you're putting this defense who's been elite all year they're in these so positions unserious. to no, fail. For real, for no, real. Like, like, they're so unserious. Trey Lance, third overall pick. For me, I avoided his grade. I, didn't, yeah, I, 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 I gave him a no grade. He he hasn't passed or failed my class. Yeah. He hasn't made it to enough No grade. Classes. Hopefully, see some next year. Justin Fields, 12th overall pick. What's his grade? <laughs> I'm going to see minus. You give him a C minus? I'm going to see minus. You give Zach. A D plus. That's fair. Would you give Trevor? Give him a C plus. A C plus. Here's yeah. where I'm going to be different than all you guys. I actually gave Justin Fields a B because he's gotten so much better throughout this season. Thank God I'm not the only one. And he <laughs> offers something that no other quarterback in his class offers, which is his legs. He's the best runner in this class. He has Will Chicago versus the Vikings, Commanders, 
and Patriots. He beat the Patriots. He could have beat the Commanders if Darnell Mooney catches that pass in the end zone. He could have beaten the Vikings if Amir Smith-Marset doesn't fumble the ball when they're marching down the field. Luke gets he's calling more designed runs. I, I will say that Justin Fields does have negatives, which his 46.1% completion percentage on quick game passes is the worst for any quarterback in the first eight weeks of the season over the past decade. And he also takes a ton of sacks. But I do see the improvement with Justin Fields, and he's also in the worst offensive situation of all these quarterbacks. So that's why I gave him a B, but I I see the improvement and progression, and he deserves a lot for his improvement. For me, I also gave him a B. Um, You mentioned that uh, one thing he has that they don't have his legs, but I I think another thing is the intangibles. He has intangibles that I don't think Zach has at the moment. I don't think Trevor Lawrence has at the moment. It's the competitive drive to continue to get better, to win. You know, that leadership that he has in the locker room with the players that he has, with his coaches, I think he has those type of intangibles that you need in a quarterback to be successful. Now, you mentioned that he, he, in terms of just quarterback play, out of him, Lawrence, and Zach, he's probably the worst at the moment. But with his legs, with his ability to impact the game, running the ball, and on at times you do see the flashes, which he makes like that one bomb he made to Darnell Mooney, which is an incredible throw. He has that type of ability, but he's gotten better every week after every week. He's put his team in positions to win with realistically one of the worst situations, a very old, outdated offensive system. But that team fights, and Justin Fields fights. So I gave him a B just because off intangibles alone. Yeah, C- might be a little harsh. Um, I'm just taking into account last year as well, and he's had a great two-game stretch. I mean, this is against good defense too, right? Against New England, against Dallas, who's a top three defense probably. Um, against Dallas, he had 120 pass rating, which is career high. Three total touchdowns, career high. 74% completion percentage, career high. Last four games, over 1,000 total yards, a 99 passer rating, seven total touchdowns, three interceptions. We see the growth for sure. Now that I'm talking about it, I definitely got to step it up from a C- minus <laughs> to probably a C plus B-. minus. Um, he's improved drastically since his rookie year. Um, I also just don't want to overreact to a couple of good games, right? I think the Bears see the potential now for sure. You got to remember, like, this is a new head coach and GM coming in. It wasn't set in stone that Justin Fields would be their guy if they really had a bad season, but he showed out the defense has been better than expectation as well. Um, just got to keep seeing the growth because he's had a good stretch, um, but I still think Trevor has had a better three-game stretch early in his season. And then Mac Jones, who we'll talk about a little bit, I think was just cleared him, obviously, last year. I'll overreact because... The teams he's been amazing against were the Patriots. I still respect their defense. Yep. And the Cowboys, one of the elite defenses in the NFL. For he sure. had his best game. They were also getting blown out for some of that game. Oh, uh, no. I mean, it ended up they being made a, a little bit of a comeback. Yeah, it ended up being like a they lost 49-28. Yeah, but it, I, you got to remember at the end of the, what was it? At the end of the first half, it was like 28-14, some shit like that. And then they came back and made it a game in yeah. the third quarter. So. Yeah. 15th overall pick. They shouldn't have scored 28 points, realistically. 15th overall pick. Mac Jones, what's his grade? I almost gave him a B because of last year. Mac Jones is such a hard, a hard yeah, like grade. last year. Off almost, of this year, he's an F. I would say he's probably a D minus F. Off of this would, year, you got to give him a C. But because of last year, yeah. I'll give him a C. I have him a C plus. Like, like I said, this was one of the few guys. I almost gave a C just because last year alone was really fucking great. And he made the playoffs, but then this year he's kind of been not that good. So I would probably middle it out to like a C, C plus. Like you, you have to look at last year. And he, he made, he's he made the playoffs. They were a dark horse to even make the playoffs. He was really good. This year, turnover has, prone. He's horrible in play action. Yeah. Even though the Patriots have a good running game, he's so bad in play action. You think this is uh, athleticism? It probably has something to do with it. 
he was just so great his rookie year with really put no such a weapons standard on him. that this sophomore year makes like the sophomore slump doesn't really make sense Russian. with. I don't know. Well, I mean, they did go from Josh McDaniels to Matt Patricia. They did, but I mean, listen, I don't think Bailey Zappi is the answer either. But we saw when he was playing in the system, he had some good games statistically, and when you're just watching the film as well. So I was expecting that out of Mac Jones, not this version. Yeah, Mac we're just gives me a funny feeling. But I also feel like we are more comfortable with like Mac's range of outcomes, right? Like I think we know he's probably never going to be a top ten guy, but he's probably never going to be like out of the league backup type of bad, yeah. right? So I think, I think like always, his range he could always be a better. starter somewhere. And I don't yeah. know. It almost happened with Bailey Zappi. Yeah, but I think we quickly saw that that wasn't the right move. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Bailey's having a couple of good games, and then he comes in, and all of a sudden doesn't look so great. And last one, Kellen Mond. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even put him. I on didn't here. even realize he got drafted. No. <laughs> last one, Davis Mills. Uh, I gave him a D plus. I really don't care oh, yeah. enough to like. Uh, Evaluate I'm like glad you said it and not me. Okay, I can also say it too. I didn't give a shit about his grade, so I didn't even put a grade for him. I had Zach at a D plus, so I got to give Davis Mills a D. Really? He's yeah. been better than uh. You got to give Davis Mills a D. Yeah, I got to put Zach. Wilson. I just got him. <laughs> He's been better than Zach. <laughs> I don't think so. You put you put Zach Wilson with Pep Hamilton with Pep scary. Hamilton's track be record. Scary. I've been trying to tell I don't you, know. man. I've been trying to tell I you. I don't know. I really, really have been trying to tell you about Pep, bro. Pep Hamilton is the man. Yes, we know that. Oh God. Talking about another draft class that we hope the 2021 quarterback draft class would have been was the 2020 quarterback draft class that featured Justin Herbert, Tua Herbert, um, Joe Burrow, Tua Herbert, Jalen Hurts. Now the question is, which quarterback will have the most individual plus team success in the next three years? Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Tua and the Dolphins, Hurts and the Eagles, or Herbert and the Chargers. Mm. This is really where you just got to take your guy and ride with him. Just really ride with your guy hard. What was the question? I'm sorry. Answer, ask one more time. Which I'm quarterback not, will have the most individual the plus team success in the next three years? I already know I already know the guys. It's got to be Jalen Hurts. Undoubtedly, easily. Well, it's not even because it's just. It's not easily. It's, no, it's it's, not no easily. I think it's easily because if you look at what what the what we have is in the coaching staff you look at who we have in the front office you look at how the team is constructed you look at the type of draft capital we have the players we have around Jalen Hurts i think it if not the only team i look at as a competition is Miami but i think honestly if you look at it from top to bottom offense to defense what Jalen Hurts has around him in terms of front office coaching and the team i think it should be easily the eagles but i understand Miami and the Bengals and shit like that. But. I'm going to go with a bit of a wild card here. I was going to say the Chargers. Now, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, I'm not going to say them, but I will say this about them because I want to talk about them a little bit. They can't run the ball. They have a bad offensive line. Secondary's thin. Coaching issues. I'm not a believer in Zach Taylor, which is why I, I don't know if he's a coach in three years. It's kind of weird how I've been rising on Cincinnati. I feel like he's been going yeah. low on Cincinnati. No, I haven't. I'm, I'm even killed. Okay, okay no. You're I'm just... like, I'm ex- I act exactly like Joe Burrow. Mm. Oh, you don't overreact. Great, you you great, never, great you never games, sway. I'm even killed. Bad games, I'm even killed. After, after the Jets game with Zach Wilson, wasn't I, I said, chill, Joe. I said, chill. <laughs> I don't know. I said, don't don't be so. Said. I said, I said, don't react. Don't listen, man. Bad games have it for young quarterbacks. I'm chill. I'm I'm always even killed. My heartbeat is steady. Mm, never fold. The wild card I'm gonna go with is Justin Herbert and the Chargers. The reason why the is because. I feel like if the Chargers are smart, because I do have a have a weird feeling they miss the playoffs, Brandon Staley gets fired. Mm-hmm. 
the Chargers coaching job is the most attractive one in the you NFL. Know who's if a great head coach goes to the Chargers, they will be so legit. Like who though? Like who? Sean Payton. Uh, if Sean Payton could go, that would be magical. Sean Payton has to be number one on everyone's mind for that Chargers job. But that's why I have the Chargers because I think if the Chargers figure out the coach to pair with Justin Herbert, they have the roster. Maybe their injury luck can diminish now. They don't have so many injuries. But Herbert, to me, has the most talent to be the best quarterback in this class. Easily. And the Chargers have a loaded roster. They're just not healthy and their coaching's bad. But if they can find the right coach, they can have the most success in the next three years. You could make an argument for all of these guys, right? Starting with Burrow and the Bengals, they've already been to a Super Bowl. They have the offense with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And Burrow has put himself in that top 10, if this year top 5 conversation at the quarterback position. Oh, he put it at the last season, too. Okay, defensive <laughs> U.S. Um and then the defense, the deep, like obviously we talk about the offense consistently, but the defense back to back years has been really good. They just don't have that star power, that big name that a lot of the other defense have. Like we know the Micah Parsons and the Nick Boses on those elite defenses. Trey Hendrickson. Exactly. He's not up to par with the, I mean, his talent is not up to par with those guys. Don't get me wrong, but also his name recognition also. And then if you look at two in the Dolphins, I mean, they probably have the most dynamic wide receiver room in NFL history. You have Mike McDaniel, who is arguably coach of the year, who is making Tua look like a top 10 quarterback. Tua, who, if he stayed healthy, statistically is going to be up there with damn near all the other quarterbacks in the league with Josh Allen and Mahomes. However you want to put it, the guys are wide open, whatever. Tua has been productive and he might be the best head coach you know offensive coach top three in the league in a couple of years who knows Herbert in the Chargers I think Herbert has the most talent individually um last year he had over 5,000 yards 38 touchdown that's after putting up 31 touchdowns and 4,200 yards his rookie year with the bad offensive line and questionable coaching so we know how great Herbert is but Jalen Hurts and the Eagles man I mean, I don't, I don't really know how to cut it. I've been saying this for a year about Jalen Hurts, that this is going to be the franchise guy that just gave him one more year, and they went out and got A.J. Brown, gave him that weapon to really open up this offense. And, Riv, you put it perfectly. It's not just Jalen Hurts because he can't do this alone. This roster stacked. Not only is this roster stacked, it's perfectly paired between young guys and veterans, right? You don't just have a whole bunch of old guys that in a couple of years this team is going to just run out, that. right? And you, you don't have just young guys that you're relying on Week in and week out, you have the vets like Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Slay, Fletcher Cox, but then you have the young guys like Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Jordan Mailata, uh, Jordan Davis. You have a perfect pairing of veterans plus young guys to compete now, but also compete into the future. And the only question mark around the Eagles that anyone's been saying is Jalen Hurts. Is he going to be able to win the playoffs? Is he going to be able to put that team on his back and put a drive together to go and win the game? Up to this point, there should be no questions around Jalen Hurts this season. I mean, he's not just a top 10 quarterback. He is top three in terms of look at the odds on FanDuel draft. He is top three in those type of, you know, uh, those bets. He People think he has legitimate chance to win MVP. He's significantly improved as a passer, a 16-2 to touchdown to interception ratio, top five in passer rating. On Sunday, he became the third quarterback since 2006. Four touchdowns, all of 20-plus air yards. He... I did mention that, you know, deep ball passes a lot to do with wide receiver, but he might have just the prettiest deep ball in the NFL. I forgot someone said that. I don't remember what. And I was thinking he has great. He's great. And his deep ball, just the way he puts it up there and lands perfectly in A.J. Brown and whoever's hands. It's really a sight to see. They don't turn the ball over. They have two total turnovers uh, or two giveaways. I should say the most takeaways in the NFL. They're playing sound football on offense, on defense. Nick Sirianni has looked fantastic up to this point. This offense with Jalen Hurts being able to be mobile, Miles Sanders having a breakout year, 
we talk about Josh Allen and, you know, Patrick Mahomes and all these guys, but collectively as an offense, this Eagles offense is right up there with all the other ones in terms of you don't know what they're going to throw at you. You don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to run it, Miles Sanders is going to run it. It's going to be a play action, option play. There's just so many things to account for in this offense that it's impossible for any defense to stop all of them. So give me Hurts, give me the Eagles. I'm glad you mentioned Hurts' deep ball because – he puts that ball right where the receivers need it, and they do a great job at hauling it yeah. in. Like that A.J. Brown, the one between two defenders was nuts, but like that one on the sideline where it was just right here, yeah. I was like, bro, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I think just looking at it from a totality thing. I don't want to discount Joe Burrow because I feel like his intangibles are there. I think nobody's really saying Tua and the Dolphins because I think there's still kind of reservations about Tua. So we'll see what happens after this season. You think season. there's more reservations about Tua or Hurts? I think they have the same reservations, honestly. Yeah, I think too. I think for me, it's about even my trust just, level. In like them. I just look, you got to look at everything. Like you look at the AFC, they got the Chiefs, they got the Bills, they got the Chargers, right? It's just the, the NFC is easier. Path. Yeah, Bucks so, are dying, the Rams so are dying. I know, I know your questions around <clears throat> two are mostly arm strength related. I would guess my questions about two is how is how is he going to handle pressure? Okay, what's Adversity. your que- what's your questions around Jalen Hurts? Adversity, probably, right? Reading the entire field. That's your question. My question around Hurts is that... Because he's the best... Over the middle of the field, he's one of the best in the league. Oh, that's cool, but... <laughs> well, I that's mean, he not just shits the, on everyone else. That's not else. reading the entire field. I'm saying... No, it's not. Once, once Jalen Hurts' initial progressions are gone, how does he look like? I don't think they will be at one point in this year. That's, that's why, like, when he faces an elite defense that has the ability... Looked pretty to good take those the away. No, it definitely did, but it was a very, it was a great scheme game too. The, the way you start giving that boy to AJ the way Brown. they, the way they kind of made Michael Parsons, the way they made Michael Parsons think on every yep, play, yep, neutralized him. Yes. you know, so now the Cowboys making adjustments off of that. So it, it's just that's my reservation with Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts to me, the reason why I kind of put him a notch above Tua in terms of just trusting him is because. He can extend plays. Mm-hmm. And I know that Jalen Hurts, if he gets into trouble, he can get out of it. Run that ball. Tua is somebody Tua, one, baby. Tua is somebody that when the if the pocket collapses around him, how is he gonna handle that? That's kind of my thing with Tua. Is that I don't know how he's gonna handle it. Both great guys, man. So let Both me let me ask you because you're, you you it. picked the charges, but yours was you, you're hoping for the charges on a lot of ifs, hypotheticals, hopefully. Yeah, they have to find a right coach. So like if they don't, who would be your next pick? It would be Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Okay, so the charges is if they get I'm this guy. I'm that, okay. that the Bengals aren't out there. I don't trust Zach Taylor. And you trust Zach Taylor? No, I'm, I've been out on Zach Taylor as well. Oh, okay. And I also think they're just the moves they made have been abysmal. I mean, in the offseason, of course, we're praising it. We, we love it. But now? But now, yeah. Ly- Lyle Collins looks like a disaster. Their first-round pick, Jonah Williams, looks like mm-hmm. a, a below-average left tackle. Mm-hmm. They just If they get the offensive line fixed, we're talk. We're this. This conversation is completely different. And listen, it's possible the Chiefs fixed their entire offensive line in one draft. Yeah, but we're <laughs> talking about an outlier situation. I, I understand that, but I'm saying that the Bengals really is just. If you can't protect the quarterback, you don't have anything. So I think they have to protect Joe Burrow first, and right now they can't do that. And I don't trust Zach Taylor in adjusting too much, and they can't run the ball. So those are the reservations, reservations I have about Joe Burrow and the Bengals. But Joe Burrow has that it factor to yeah. where things can be horrible around him, but it really does not matter because he's going to will you. Mm, type shit. That's the Joe difference with nice. Joe Burrow. He's nice, for sure. Different type of human. 
You better respect Joe Burrow. Think Herbert or Burrow? Burrow right now. Ooh, oh, you almost slipped. You almost slipped. <laughs> put it right in there. <laughs> Why are you slurping? What are you talking about? You just slurped. No, nah, I just had something in my mouth. What'd you have in your mouth? I don't know. Something. <laughs> How big was you it? almost got me what? to bite. Did you hear him, bro? You almost got me to bite. You put it out there. Just for me to grab. I didn't close my jaw, though. Just fucking get two handfuls. Bro, this conversation is fucking nuts. Bro, you asked me how big is it. What do you, what? That's what you just said under your breath. (laughs) Yes, you did. No, I did. Bro said, how big? (laughs) No, no. you're nuts for that. I'm not even going to front. How big is what, my guy? We talked about some of these quarterbacks, and I want to get your take on this. Yo, real quick before we go on, why'd your legs look so crazy in his IG post? 0.5. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I took a picture say. in 0.5. Bro, that shit had me crying. Did you not see your, your likes? No. Oh, bro, I got to show you. This shit's hilarious. Hey, bro, you know I have like 600 likes? You do. Yeah, yeah. That post went crazy. That yeah. shit was very random. I just people kept liking and liking. I was like, I'm, I'm usually like a two 300 type of dude. Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> and like six was going crazy. I was like, all right. Nah, ever since the pop been going crazy, the likes been going crazy too. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was probably standing like that. <laughs> nah, it's just 0.5. <laughs> nah, I knew I knew it was something. I don't know if you really thought you knew that was me. Like you knew that was me. Yeah. Well, you're you're a long petite man as is. You know what I mean. So. Your guess. We talked about Jalen Hurts and Tua. We can say that That's both of so them good. are in good situations going forward. Tua and Jalen Hurts are both in great situations going forward. Which one of these two guys would you invest in on Mojo? Hurts is fifty three dollars. Tua is thirty five dollars. Tua right is, like, obviously Jalen Hurts is my guy without a doubt. I invested in him early in the season. But Tua being $35, Steel. like, a $20 difference between him and Jalen Hurts. It's not that big of a gap. It's, I think uh, it, like, $20 exactly, is not yeah. that big of a gap. Like $20 I'm saying, on Mojo is pretty big. No I'm, saying, no, I'm saying that the gap between Tua and Hurts should not be $20. They should, they should be yeah, the same level. They, exactly. They should I both would, be in the $50 Tua range. seems like the moneymaker to me, so I would probably bet on Tua. And Tua's gone up significantly. He was around in the 20s before the season but they started. They should definitely. Them two should be around the same. I feel like Mojo has time. a Tua agenda, man. I feel like they got it. I, I know they got all their algorithms and shit going <laughs> on, but something isn't adding up. Jalen Hurts is my guy. I think without a doubt, like he is, if I had to pick one to start a franchise with, I'm going with Jalen Hurts just because he's bigger. I think he has a better arm and he's more mobile. And like you said, he could extend plays. But the fact that there's a $20 difference between these two makes me side with if Tua goes off, like his price is going to skyrocket. Jalen Hurts is still going to grow up throughout the year. But I think at some point we're really going to see Tua's price shoot up and get in before it's too late. Dog, if we lose to the Phillies, I'm a riot. What's the score? It's 4-0. End of the third. Yeah, I, like Bryce I, Harper, I, I, think, it, I think, I think Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback, but I do think Tua is underpriced right now at that price. And like you said, if if he continues to play well, that price is only going to go up. Tua is the guy that you can make the most money on a mojo. And even if you don't think Tua is going to be a long term quarterback, you can sell that stock at any time. So after the season in a couple of weeks, you can sell it anyway. Bryce Harper had a two on homer. Oh, smoke that! Wow, that's crazy. Bryce Harper different. I can't I'll be honest. I don't want either of these teams to win the fucking World Series. But bro. Joe Mojo does use like these genius algorithms. Oh, I to know. Detect like know. what the price is. So maybe like all of those stats, they kind of have like a way of showing that two is really like They're not, not as good as. Listen, we we've showing. been to Mojo. It looks like it's a fucking data center there. It's all their computers and shit. I know. I don't like. They don't have an actual agenda, but it's like thirty five. Who like what? What quarterbacks? I'm trying to think who are like the rookie ones that are not Trevor Lawrence or around there. Oh, like Caleb and Bryce and them. Well, Zach is around there. He's at like 33. That's what I'm saying. Like what other quarter, like if you had to decide between Tua and someone around his price, like I feel like it's just so easily Tua. Uh, let me see here. 
like Tua, Jimmy G, Jameis, Wentz, Goff. Like, Jesus, bro, this is not even a conversation. <laughs> yeah, you have a point. Reacting to tweets part two, Justin Fields, this is from Mattleman19. We did one on his last week. Justin Fields is the only quarterback from the 2021 class that is improving every week, while all the other quarterbacks have either regressed or stalled. Fact. Week, Fact. Yeah, as of week eight in 2022, for sure. Jalen Hurts, I mean, excuse me, uh, Justin Fields is the only one that you see the progression up. week in, week out. But like we said before, Trevor Lawrence probably had the best three-week stretch out of all these guys, and then Mac Jones had the best collective season last year. So while Justin Fields right now is looking the best, I mean, those other guys still have promise too. Sounds to me like we need to see, hear something about Zach being the best at something at this point. Tapes burner goes as a Rams fan. We are not looking like a Super Bowl team. I would love for us to make it to the playoffs, but no way in hell are we making it to an NFC slash Super Bowl. We just need a better O line. You saw they offered. They were the team that offered two first for Brian Burns. Yeah, so a twenty four. They don't have their pick this year, so that'd be twenty four and twenty five. Right. I don't get that. Brian Burns really, is tough though. He is tough, but like. They need an offensive line. He's not two first-round picks tough. You know yeah, what I no, mean? The Rams are cooked, and um, they have no O-line. Uh, Matthew Stafford, he looks deady. They um, were in the Brandon Cook sweepstakes, too. Allen Robinson, Robinson was just failed. Terrible signing. Yeah. Um, sorry, bro. You won a Super Bowl, I guess. So. I, I was be happy. You saw a Super Bowl in your life. Well, I, they'll be okay. You know, you still got, you know, I mean, with Donna. I mean, you have Sean McVay, right? You think so Donald he, retires? I don't, I don't he, know. Wasn't he thinking about it last year? He was. Off? Yeah. He definitely was. They don't make the playoffs. I don't see why he stays. You know, he could ride off in the sunset as arguably one of the Well, greatest. if he retires, they're fucked. Oh, no, they're fucked yeah. regardless. But Detroit, Detroit could have a, another top 15 pick. They have their own. Plus, they're going to have the Rams first round pick from the Stafford trade. Right now, the Rams, we talked about it. Their whole offense is just Cooper Cup in life. Yeah. Like Sean McVay, you saw the regression with Jared Goff. And the reason why was because of the offensive line. The offensive line was fucking terrible his last year in L.A. Now it's the same issue with Matt Stafford. And we saw Jared Goff have some good moments in Detroit, too. So if they don't get this offensive line fixed, they're going nowhere. And this is from Aiden Munden 5. Falcons are winning the NFC South. I still got the Bucks. I still have the Bucks as well. I'm still ride with this. Nah, I'll ride with the Bucks. I got to <laughs> jump off that plane. Like, although Brown's agenda. Although I strong. know that they're first in the, AFC, in the NFC South, I just don't feel like that's gonna last. Like, it's the I feel most like fraudulent in three round. weeks. Yeah, we're Brady will like, get back. He'll right. he'll find a He's way to, to get in there, He's man. He's got to. They're talking about maybe Robert Gronkowski coming back. I mean, hey, it's not bad. Someone who could block. He would change things. Yeah, he would. Big no, he's you know how good Gronk is. Oh God, Gronk's a fucking legend. He's massive. He's huge, bro. He's a big guy. He's a monster. This is we're gonna do a would you rather. Last week, who was it on? Football, Micah, right? I think it was, was Micah. We all, that was a few weeks ago. We didn't do a would you rather football last week. Mm, maybe we did. Y'all did a Ben Simmons one. But this a would you rather right here? Ben Simmons one was comedy. Bro stinks. Would you rather Kenneth Walker addition first name up Saquon Barkley? Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley clears. This isn't a conversation. Wait, what yeah, the fuck I, did I think about it? I, I was very confused. Yeah, sorry. I'm going with Saquon easily. I was easily. thinking of age. That's what I and you know, you, you like to do contracts. That's what I was trying to think. Like, uh, I'm going with Saquon, Josh Jacobs. Ooh, that's a good one. Jacobs has been absolutely eating this season. But I like... Josh Jacobs. You like Jacobs? I, I'm not I, mad I at that. I do actually really... He's actually one of my favorite I'm players. not mad at that. Right now, I would take Kenneth Walker. 
He's only started a few games, and we see how explosive he can be. I think he his upside is is higher than Josh Jacobs. There's no doubt Josh Jacobs has been better this season. He, he deserves credit because the Raiders' offensive line isn't all that great. But Josh McDaniels has implemented a, a run-heavy system, and he's capitalized. I'm going with Kenneth Walker, though. I think his Respect. upside is better, and I think if we put Kenneth Walker on the Raiders, he's probably doing the same thing, to be honest. Respect. Without Geno? Without Geno. Wow. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is such a good pass catcher. If Aaron Jones was utilized like Aaron Jones should be utilized, it would probably be him. But so, for whatever reason, LaFleur does not want to use him as a pass even catcher, even though he's player their best option. Outside of Aaron, yeah. Exactly. Um, so I'm going to still go Aaron Jones, though. That's fine. He's very inconsistent. He's always been inconsistent where he has these blow-up games, and then he also disappears. A lot of that has to do with coaching as well, just schematically. Um, but I think I would take Kenneth Walker. The Packers this year have been a mess, but Aaron Jones has been fifth in rushing yards, and that's with sharing a backfield with A.J. Dillon. He barely shares anywhere, for being honest. I love Aaron Jones's versatility. Because of that, I'll go Aaron Jones. Travis Etienne. Kenneth Walker. Oh, this is a good one. I'm going with Kenneth Walker. I worry a bit about Travis Etienne's injury. Um, and there's some doctors I follow on Twitter, like, say how his so run style. you would style. take Etienne over Aaron Jones? But because Etienne coming out of college, his big thing was his pass catching ability, how explosive he was. And now all of a sudden he's turned to one of the best rushers in the NFL. Yeah. I think he's a bit him and him and Kenneth Walker are probably on the same level of explosiveness. I think I would go Etienne. I think he's a more versatile back. Okay. I'm going with Kenneth Walker. I, I just think he's more slippery than him. Okay. The way he can dodge tacklers wow. is Jesus different. Christ. What does that even mean? Slippery, slithery. What? Slippery's crazy. Ramondre Stevenson. What the hell did you even say? <laughs> Slippery. Ramondre. What do you mean? Slippery, bro. Like, you know, you I slip. Just, just never, Kenneth Walker okay. is kind of like you just, Please there's stop. an arm on him oh and it kind of just slips off. Ramondre's a good ass name too. Fuck. Um, I would go Kenneth Walker in this one. Both of these guys are on the same level. They're both mm. getting their first opportunity to be the guy in their representative positions. Ramondre has been nothing short of spectacular. Sure, I'm, I'm a little bit of a casual to Steven R- Ramondre. Stevenson is a yeah. dog. I do think Kenneth Walker has a bit more explosiveness to him. Oh, no he's doubt. Slippery? Um, he's more slippery? Yeah, they're they're both like... Ramondre is a powerful a, back. He, he is, runs with so much aggression. But yeah, he's got some speed to him for sure. He he's got burst Not Kenneth Walker, though. Not Correct. Kenneth Walker's speed. You don't got uh, that type of slipperiness. I'm going with Kenneth Walker. I'm going with K-9. His name is Kana. That's Nickname, fire. Yeah. That's fucking fire. I think I slightly lean Ramondre, but it's so close. Najee Harris. Kenneth, Kenneth Walker, Walker fucking clears. I'm going K9. Damian Pierce. This is one of the hardest words you rather I think uh, we've ever done. No, um, we more likely you. The hardest one I ever did was PG because I had uh, to lie. Well, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Oh. Because <laughs> you had a, who'd you lie about? I kept saying PG. <laughs> He said, like, some of some of them words. I would, I would lean Kenneth Walker slightly. You farted too. Um, I would, <laughs> I would, I would, I've seen you get up. Like, I'm going to lean Kenneth Walker slightly. I'm going with K9. I know. K9 I know is you are. fire. I'm going to start saying that. K9 shit. is a, a stupid fire name. K9. I, I slightly lean Kenneth as well, but Pierce is good too. This next name is tough Tony Pollard. I'm mm. going with Tony Pollard. Really? I'm going with Tony I'm Pollard. I'm sure really fucking high yeah, with Tony Pollard. I love Tony Pollard. Give me K9, though. I'm going to go with Walker, too. I 
Tony Pollard, when he has those moments to be the workhorse back, he averages six point two yards per carry. Yeah, but I don't think that's sustainable if you give him for the entire no, no. season two hundred fifty carries. He's not getting six yards a carry. That's like well, there have only been two instances this season where he's had thirteen plus carries. Last week, fourteen against the Bears, he had one thirty one yards, three touchdowns, and against the Giants in Week Three, he had thirteen carries, one hundred five yards. It might be it might be Tony. I don't fucking know. Tony Pollard is so efficient. Last name, Austin Eckler. If I took Aaron Jones, I got to take Eckler. I would take Eckler right now, too. He's having maybe a better season than last year. Is he? He's so versatile. Maybe not touchdowns, but... He only has 380 yards rushing. About receiving, receptions. Oh, he has 363 yards receiving. Yeah. Yeah, it's like 50-50. Bro, dynamic. I'm going Kenneth Walker. Really? Yeah. Did you okay? I get it. You took Aaron Jones did, over, did so you think Aaron. Aaron Jones is better than Eckler? Yeah. Oh, I think Eckler's better. All right. Well, there. That's where we have our answer. All right. How do you think he's better? Eckler? They're the same guy essentially. I think Aaron Jones is a bit faster than him. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. I just feel like Eckler week in week out. Again, it could just be schematically because I just feel like week in week out, Eckler has a large part in the success or failure, while the Packers just kind of. Do whatever the fuck they want with Aaron Jones. We're like, he'll just get seven carries for like half of the season for whatever reason and kind of just gets fizzled out while Austin Eckler's always an integral part of the offense. I'm very high on Tony Pollard. Kyrie, like hasn't, top 10 back. Kyrie hasn't scored yet. Who are they playing? Kevin Durant has played 42 minutes. Wait, what do you What? The Nets and the Bulls ended a third. We did our favorites too on Kyrie. Vucevic has three points. Kyrie it's funny that th- it's funny that these gimmies are like not gimmies. Kyrie has zero points. Throws out there against some cardio, and he's only played twenty two minutes. Why does it say thirty three? My shit must be. SGA has fifteen. Watson Watson Nova has seven points. Didn't we have Vooch? He only has three. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's cooked, bro. I'm, I'm telling you, bro. Like <laughs> when it's supposed, like it's anything that's supposed to happen just doesn't happen when you bet on it. That's kind of what it is. But that's why you have every day to do it. The Boom Fantasy, sir. Mid-season playoff bracket. Let's get into this playoff bracket. And for those watching or listening, it's not a playoff bracket based on what teams we feel like will make the playoffs. It's a mid-season playoff bracket based off what teams are in the playoffs currently. I got that wrong. We're going to go with the AFC first. First matchup, Titans versus the Chargers. Who wins in that playoff matchup? Wait, let me go to my thingy. I'm sorry, bro. Right now, I, I can't trust the Chargers. I think they're probably still the more talented team out of the two, but they're a better. the Titans are a better coach team. They're more disciplined. I don't think they're going to make as many mental mistakes. And Vrabel just gets things done. However you want to say it, they're the two seeds somehow after a terrible start. He wins games, feels like they shouldn't. He always feels like the inferior team. But right now, we talked about it. He's arguably coach of the year, what he's doing with this team, with a roster that with really no wide receivers. Derrick Henry, the last few weeks, has looked like vintage Derrick Henry. So I would take them over the Chargers. Oh, for me, the Chargers are such a tough team to evaluate because you don't know who's going to play that week, what's going on. And the, tennis, the Titans are more disciplined, but just Justin Herbert's first game in the playoffs, I would probably take the wild pick here, and I would go with Justin Herbert and the Chargers. So I would take the Chargers. I'll gamble on this The one. Chargers are one of the worst rushing defense in the NFL, and the Titans have Derrick Henry. If Tannehill's health healthy, I'm going with the Manahill and Henry. The what? The Manahill. Type shit. So I'm going with the Titans. So next game in the AFC, the Chiefs versus the Dolphins. This is a shootout. It's in Kansas City. 
I'm taking Kansas City. Kansas City, I'll take Kansas yeah. City. The Dolphins, listen, Dolphins are building something. Just unfortunate round one, you play KC in Kansas City. I don't love it. That's that's one game they, they can sneak that win. That's though. a game though that if Tua went in there and win, tough. Everyone's got to shut up. You know what I mean? And the next game, the well, last game in a while, Ravens. Card, Ravens or Jets? The Ravens. If we had Brees, it would be an actual conversation. If we had Brees Hall, we have every chance in the world to win. And by this the game. time, by this time, was Zach Wilson finds his rhythm. Right. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm just happy we're talking about the Jets in the playoffs. I, this is all I wanted. Truthfully, all I wanted. This is week eight, so life can change in I'm a going, heartbeat. I'm going with the Ravens. Going with Baltimore, too. That means that the number two, three, and four seed would all win in the wild card in the AFC. So going on to the NFC, 49ers or Vikings? I would take the Niners in this upset one. I, I, I would just take the too Niners fucking well. good. Man. I would take the Niners, too. Defensively, That's such a, I feel bad for the Vikings, man. Then, I just... I need to see Kirk do it in prime time in a playoff game where all the pressure's on him before I could just really go all in on the Vikings. We just saw this matchup. Seahawks versus the Giants. Ooh, two of the biggest story, comeback stories. I took the Seahawks. I'll take the Seahawks as well. Yeah, I'll take I'll, the Seahawks. But I'll, shout out to the Giants for getting in, but I'll take the Seahawks. I'll take Seattle too, especially this game would be in Seattle. I think that's a huge this advantage. This would be yeah. a crazy if Geno wins a playoff game and Russell hasn't won one in like four years. That would be hilarious. Fucking would, and they play the Giants round in their one, home. so his fucking narrative's going to go crazy. That's in Seattle, too. That's yeah. all right. And the 5-4 matchup, the Dallas. Cowboys versus the Falcons. Dallas yeah. Gonna, yeah. I wonder what the largest like deficit is between two playoff teams, because this game might be it. Yeah. That means that moving on to the next round are the Ravens, Chiefs, Titans, and the Cowboys, Seahawks, and 49ers. <clears throat> on to the divisional round. The Chiefs versus the Titans. Who wins that game? Well, I don't have that, so I can't, I can't necessarily give What's you What's your that. matchup? I have the Chiefs and the Ravens, and I would take the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs and Titans. I would take the Chiefs. I would take the Chiefs as well. My next game in the AFC is the Ravens versus the Bills. I have the Bills and the Chargers. I'm taking the Bills. I love Lamar. love the Ravens, but it's this over. is where the agenda comes to a halt <laughs> against Buffalo. This is where my agenda prevails, baby. I have the Bills winning, which means KC faces the Bills in an AFC championship. But in the NFC divisional round, the 49ers versus the Philadelphia Eagles. This is the worst That's possible the best scenario. Game of the playoffs. Worst possible scenario if you are Philly. You have a team that has an elite defense who takes care the, of the this ball. This is the one. This is yep. this is where this is it, but this is the game. This is the game that would decide if Hertz is the quarterback or not. And I would take the Eagles. I would take the Eagles too. In this game, I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. I ain't even mad at that, bro. I'm going with the Niners. Cowboys, Cowboys gonna, yeah. versus Seahawks. They're going to beat the shit out of Seattle. Cowboys. I don't know. Geno can make it close. It's an elite defense. Michael it's an Parsons offense that can score hell. points. That was, that's Dallas. two games on the road they'd win. That's pretty yeah. impressive. On to the AFC and NFC Championship. In the AFC Championship, the Chiefs versus the Buffalo Bills. The Bills finally beat – Allen finally beats Mahomes in the playoffs. So I, I, my agenda prevails. Sadly does not. You're a hater. You had the Chargers in. Mahomes, really Mahomes gets his get back for the regular season. <laughs> he gets his game. He owns Josh Allen in the playoffs. Bro, owns him at that City. point. <sighs> nah, it's not happening. I have the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship winning and now heading to the Super Bowl. And the NFC Championship, the 49ers versus the Dallas Cowboys. You pick? This is such a tough, a tough game, game. Because I think the Niners have the defensive line to make life hell for the Cowboys. They beat them before. They last beat them year. in the playoffs last year. Adding Christian McCaffrey just makes their offense that much scarier. This is a tough matchup. My gut feeling 
is telling me the 49ers, but my heart is telling me the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. And for Riv and I, it's Dallas versus the Eagles. Oh, this is this is this is what this is what NFC this is peak NFC East football. I'm picking the Eagles though. I'm picking the Eagles too. And on to the Super Bowl, your two Super Bowl matchups are the Bills versus the Eagles. No, he doesn't have the Bills in. He's the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs. Oh, the and Chiefs. Eagles. Okay, so we all have something different. So mine is the Bills versus the Cowboys. And I have Ooh. the Bills winning this. That would be a good and winning Super Bowl and Josh Allen winning it finally. I have the Bills and the Eagles, and um, my agenda wins out, and I officially have a great football year. The Bills win the Super Bowl. I said it about your Colts, man. Sometimes <laughs> you just got to ride with your guys till they fucking finish. Eagles win the Super Bowl over KC. Over the Chiefs? Over the Chiefs. Over Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts gets fucking $300 million. Are you saying this on November 1st on a Tuesday? I am saying this. Okay. So Eagles are winning it over the Chiefs. Let's do it. I said this in like August. Bills are winning. So uh, I had the Niners in, in my preseason yeah. going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Niners and the Chargers. Yeah. You just I, refused to pick the Bills. You refused to yeah. be right. Because I'm a real Jets fan. I don't root for the fucking Bills. You don't have to root to be a, to no ball. I do no ball. ball. So you know the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. No. Like you know it. I, I have them losing to Kansas City. I don't lose to the fucking Jets. You had them losing to the Chargers. You had the Chargers going at first. Sometimes, well, you guys <laughs> all picked. I think all three of you picked Bucks versus Bills. Someone's got to be different. We 100% did. That's why I was like, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, we, well, Bucks no. Well, every, all three of you. So I was like, I'll be different. Well, you picked Niners. Like, y'all picked Bill. Y'all picked the Bucks. Right, we <laughs> what are we talking about here? I picked the Bill. No, no I I'm saying you guys the picked Niners. the Bucks to go to the Super Bowl because Riv's giving me shit for taking the Chargers. That's cap. <laughs> <laughs> in or out statements. First, in or out one. Are we overlooking the Minnesota Vikings that are currently hmm. six and one? Define overlooking. You know what I mean. <laughs> We're def- I'm definitely in on that. We definitely have underrated them a bit. You know, they've been on a calm winning streak. They've been casually just going in every week, and they're not blowing teams out, but they're getting the job done. But I think in terms of, like, talking about the Super Bowl and talking about the NFC Championship game, we have been overlooking them, but it's just because we look at defenses like the Niners, the Eagles, the Cowboys. Those are teams we just trust a little bit more. I think the Vikings are good, but they're not elite. I think the T.J. Hawkinson move does make them a bit better, but – this team is 11th in passing, 21st in rushing on offense, which is they're good, not great. And they have the 14th ranked defense. They're 29th against the pass. They cannot cover consistently. Only two of their opponents have had a winning record, and five of their six wins have been by eight points or fewer. It's good. They're finally winning one score games. But the Vikings just feel like a team that they're very they're they're good. But when they face elite competition and elite defensive lines. They're going to crumble. And we saw it on Monday night versus the Eagles. I just don't think they're as good as the Eagles, the Cowboys, or the 49ers at full strength. You would take them over Seattle? Yes. Okay. Um, I don't think we're overlooking Minnesota in terms of the playoffs. I think we all kind of see them probably they could win a playoff game, right? I don't think any of us see them as making a deep playoff run. And they have a talented team without a doubt. But as I mentioned before, I have to wait and see Kirk Cousins win a big primetime game in the playoffs before I could put this team in a legit Super Bowl conversation. They have the talent. Kevin O'Connell has been a fantastic hire. They just got TJ Hawkinson. The roster on paper, especially offensively, everything is there. 
But when you do have a quarterback that has struggled in prime time, and we give Jimmy G shit all the time, and he has struggled in the playoffs too, but we've seen his defense be able to mask that. We've seen Kyle Shanahan in the run game be able to mask that. I don't know if Minnesota can do the same type of masking as they're a pass-first offense, although they still have Dalvin Cook, who's a great rusher. I spoke, you bro. Go? You spoke? Yeah. I was waiting for you to speak. No, nah, I spoke first. Okay, good. I, I was in. I was in on the statement. I don't remember what you said. Um, I just pretty much said um, they've been casually winning games. They've been on a calm winning streak. But just always like tight ter- with them, you know. In terms it's of like the, easy. like the Niners, Cowboys, Eagles, we just trust them more. Yeah. You know, those defenses would destroy it, that mm-hmm. offensive line. So yeah. Next statement: <clears throat> Tua, Tua over Justin Herbert is a legit argument. I'm out on that. Not even gonna lie. Ugh. I'm not even. I wish that. I wish Drew was here to get his take because I want to know where he stands on that. You know where he stands because he he's, tw- he tweeted the Tua over Burrow thing again, saying that. You could stamp that or some shit. I don't know what he said. Some shit like that. Um, right now, it's not a conversation. We got to remember, Justin Herbert put up 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns last year. I know he didn't make the playoffs, but I don't think anyone's pointing at Justin Herbert saying, you didn't do enough, right? We're all pointing at the coaching staff, and especially last year, the rush defense, which is one of the worst in the league. Justin Herbert, talent-wise, is right there with Mahomes and Allen. He just hasn't been able to go to the playoffs, hasn't had playoff success, especially in a tough AFC West over the last few years, even though this year it's probably been the weakest it has been over the last few. Tua's not there just yet. I know statistically you could probably match him up with Herbert just this season, but we said it before. If you put Herbert on the Dolphins, we're talking about them as legit, maybe the best team in the league, right? Um, Tua's not there yet. Can he get there? I don't think so, honestly. I don't think I just don't think he has the talent to do it in the perfect system that he's in right now. He could win a lot of games. He could win some playoff games, but I don't know if we're ever going to put him in that conversation of the elite of the elites. Tua has his stats, but when you watch Herbert, he's better. And Tua just has his stats this season, realistically. Herbert is being held back by slow wide receiver core, banged up offensive line, and conservative play calling. It's not, I don't think it's crazy to say that if Herbert is with Mike McDaniel, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle, he's setting records. We might see a 50-touchdown season from Justin Herbert, but he's not. Tua has the stats, but he's in a picture-perfect situation for a quarterback. Quarterbacks dream of being in a situation that Tua's in right now. Yeah. I think who, Herbert is better than Tua, and it's not a debate. Yeah. Herbert just he has the size. He has the arm. He just makes... The off-platform throws. He's just a better quarterback in every facet, so I don't understand what's going on. Miami Brown, fans. Browns can still make a playoff push. Let's hear it, right? I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Hold up. Yeah. Wait, what's, was, what's the next? I was just going to say. Run me uh, up the next game. So bro. right now the Browns are 3-5. and five, Yes, sir. Third in the AFC North. Uh-huh. Chargers are 4-3. and three. They have okay. a playoff spot. Miami and then you guys are about to crumble. So okay. Get, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Let's look at their schedule. Yeah, let's yeah, look at yeah. the Browns' schedule. It's tough. They got Deshaun coming back week 13, I believe, what, against the Texans. Texans. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so this week they got Miami in Miami. Okay. Let, we're to- no, now. I'm just I just, want, okay. I'm just thinking, okay. like, I'm just running it down. Browns' Bills. Okay. Browns Bucks. Wow. Browns Texans. Jesus fucking Christ. Browns Bengals. Ravens Browns. Wait, wait. So, wait, wait. Deshaun comes back for the Texans game. Correct. So, and for, then after that, yep, it's so Bengals, Ra- Bengals yeah, Ravens, out. Saints, Commanders, Steelers. And they could go on that uh, run the last month of the season, maybe. But when you have to play the Dolphins, Bills. Yeah, um, yeah I'm out. You know, um, I'm out on the Browns. <laughs> you know, they're a good team, scrappy team. I think next year we'll really put them in that conversation as one of the best teams in the AFC. Deshaun makes them a thousand times better. But just right now, it ain't the move, man. It, it 
you know, you had a you had a, a good season. Amari Cooper has looked really good. I was gonna say Amari Cooper He's is been, probably the best. Miles Garrett the is season. still indeed him. I love Denzel Ward. You, know, you still got a young team, but uh, it's not the time right now. It's not the vibes. Amari Cooper was probably the best move of the offseason. Trading a fifth round pick. We saw Steel. Chase. We saw Chase Claypool. Chase yeah. Claypool just go for a second. Is that indictment on Dallas more or Cleveland Dallas. finessing? Oh, okay. Dallas for just completely not valuing the wide receiver position. They had to get off it to save money. I think it saved around like 20 mil or something because they had to make moves elsewhere. But figure out a different way. Either get better draft compensation or restructure the deal because Amari Cooper has been a stud in Cleveland. He's really their only consistent wide receiver threat. Don Peoples-Jones had some moments. Njoku. David Bell and Joku, who, who unfortunately is hurt right now. And of course, Joku I mean, Nick Chubb is phenomenal. Nick Chubb is amazing. Um, but yeah, you see the schedule for the Browns. Yeah, you, you get Deshaun Watson back with, and he's still that guy. But you also, Deshaun, this is two years without football. That's what I'm saying. If he's, yeah. if, you know, throw the hypotheticals up, but if he is still that guy, you get arguably the best running back in the game. You get Amari Cooper, who, like you said, is a stud. Joku, Got Kareem Hunt. If he's still there, you know, you bring in maybe, yeah, you bring in another guy. I think this is a team that can really make some noise. Then you got Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward on the other side. Cleveland can compete for that, you know, that division titles. Like they can really legitimately make an argument, but not right now. It's unfortunate because the Browns have four one score losses to the Jets, Falcons, Chargers, and Ravens. If they won just two of those, they're five and three. Deshaun Watson comes back for for the Texans game around week 13, week 12 ish. I would have given them a shot, but because they're three and five, I don't give them a shot. They could have won three of these games. They could have beat the Chargers, could beat the Jets, Should've and the Jets. Falcons. Should've you know, they they the they sabotage their own chances of making the playoffs. Yeah, can't win them all. Tony Pollard should be the RB one over Zeke. Yes, without a doubt. At this point, I know you're paying Zeke. It's I obvious. get it. I know Zeke is the heart and soul. Jerry has an app. Like he looks at. Zeke like a son. I feel like that's how much he just loves Zeke. But right now, the best thing to do for this team is put Tony Pollard out there. He's more explosive. He has burst. He's he's better at everything. Let's be completely honest. Like unless yeah. you're at the goal line and need a yard, probably you go with Zeke there. But even still, Tony Pollard is has really turned himself into the one A of this backfield. It's a matter of Jerry seems to still be calling the shots because all the time in interviews he's saying Zeke's our guy. This offense runs through Zeke. And it's sad because right now, if you're going to run everything through Zeke, you're not going to have a good offense. It's going to be reliant on Dak, on CeeDee Lamb, and Tony Pollard. Those three guys are going to decide how good this offense is going to be. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I just had to quickly look at something. Zach has 15 points in the first six minutes of the fourth quarter. Fucking different. Um, yeah, Zach I'm in. Levine? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we're up nine on the Nets. Let's go. Um, I'm pretty much in. Uh, I always say this is a funny joke, but this is kind of has some truth to it. Ezekiel Elliott has one of the greatest fall-offs probably in football history. Like, he's was coming into the, you know, to the Dallas Cowboys. He's arguably the best running back in his rookie year. Continued to be great and then just gradually fell off, fell off, fell off. And Tony Parler, over the last two, three years, maybe three might be stretching, but over the last two seasons, he's been, when he's in, better than Ezekiel Ellis. So I'm definitely in on that statement. Tony Pollard. <clears throat> Pollard from the eye test for the last two or three years has been just better than Zeke. People want to throw in volume and all this other stuff, but that's because they were paying Zeke big time money and they couldn't give Pollard the same amount of carries. But Tony Pollard has been better. If you watch the games, it's been obvious. And I'm glad now he's having his moment because so he's always been this What do good. you do with Zeke's money, though? Like, what do you do with Oh, him? they can get off his contract for the season. Oh, okay. This, this so they let him walk and Pollard's the guy. But do they have to pay Pollard? Eventually, yeah, they probably do. Or is he still on, like, a rookie deal? 
By the way, the favorites isn't a new feature. It's been there for the ages. On Boom Fantasy. I just saw your tweet. Just just want to keep you informed. That's all. Thank you for that. I could have kept that to myself. You definitely could have kept that to yourself. <laughs> like <laughs> Made him look like a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> like you definitely could have kept that it. to Bro yourself. Bro said new feature called favorites. A hundred percent. I thought it was a new feature. So it's like, you definitely could have <laughs> kept that to yourself. Ain't nobody told him it's it was It's funny because we, yeah, like, we, we've definitely had feature parlays on here and just. I'm sure you have. Just hasn't. I feel you. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know, now I know. Okay. Last statement. We have long shots too. I know that part. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay Joel okay. told me about that like last week. I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> the Titans are once again proving you shouldn't doubt them. Yeah, I'm in. They got it. You got, they got it. I'm sick of these guys. I we really because we really talked our shit in the offseason. The roster's not good. The receivers. Uh, this I mean, and they that. just they just they're five and two, five straight wins. They can yeah. fold still, but you know, they could uh, look at the division. What are the can Colts' they? record? Three and five. Three, four, and one. Right. I hate that record. Yeah, it's actually disgusting. I'm in on the statement. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Titans. I have nothing to say. They they're like, I thought in the beginning of the season, those first few games, I'm like, Derrick Henry told you the AJ pecks, the carries. It's Derrick, all he just had up. 20 yards. And then Derrick Henry is just like, Joel, you're a fucking idiot. I'm Derrick Henry. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. until <sighs> you know, I, I'll decide when I'm at the NFL. The NFL is not going to decide. Derrick when Henry I, or LT? Ladanian? Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah, I was going to say, LT has definitely the longevity. I'm saying who's just Henry, better at their peak? Who'd you have? LT. Yeah. LT, right? I mean, 28 touchdowns in the season. Yeah. yeah L- just, LT, just, but it's like, it sounds like it's disrespectful, but like, Derrick I don't know why I just know. feel like Drew would say Derrick Henry. Well, you know how Drew is with Derrick Henry. Yeah. He's just, I just feel like he would say Derrick Henry. NFL pick them week nine. First game up, Eagles at Texans. Philly. Come Philly, on. Philly, easy dove. Come on. Another one, baby. I'm going with the Philadelphia Road Eagles in 15. this one. But I, I would say this. There though. we go. I, I feel like the Eagles <laughs> should easily win this one, but. Does anybody get like a little bit of a sense of like a trap game for the Eagles? I wouldn't be this one. Texans I think, have a good secondary. I know their run defense. I think is the trap though. game would be against the Colts. Honest to God, like I think it would be against them, like a really random game. I think it would be that game, or maybe a game against the Giants. Even though they're good, it's still a trap game. Yeah, I don't think this is the trap game for Philly. I'm sure there'll be one coming up, but they're. Not I thought it was the Jaguars game, honestly. I thought that would be the one where it's like shit. Yeah, it was in the rain too. Shitty mm-hmm. weather got down early, yeah. but came back. Colts at Patriots. Pat should win this game at home. The, Col- the Colts were in it to the very end of that Commanders game. Uh, oh, I have to. Good. I have to. I don't remember who it was. I'm gonna I take had a deal. Way. I had a deal with someone on Twitter. He said, "If the Colts win, I'll give you any jersey. If the Commanders win, you have to publicly apologize to the Commanders." I don't remember your name, but I'm sorry, Commanders fans. I'll take. The I'm going way. with the Patriots easily in this one because Bill Belichick against the young quarterbacks just has their number. Sam Ellinger. Listen, he's okay, and they fired their offensive coordinator, the Colts did, because they didn't really run any option stuff with Ellinger, which is kind of, like, baffling because, you know, he's a mobile quarterback. So maybe that changes this game, but I think the Patriots are kind of getting into the rhythm now. They kind of – they have an easier stretch now so they can go on a run. So I got the Patriots in this game. Shut up. Packers at Lions. Ant-Man Burner, I just – I retweeted the uh, Boone Fantasy thing. He said, and if you want to invest on players you think will boom – then you should have the right mojo and use mojo. That was, shout that out to Ant-Man. Yo, I don't know how he does it, but he posts our episode 
and you just drop it. Like it's yeah. like ten no, seconds. No, he'll, he'll, he he'll do a but screenshot. He'll do a screenshot. And it's like one second ago. Yeah, like, I'm like one. Bro, it's so fucking quick. I don't know how he does it, bro. Or like I'll tweet and he's like two seconds in likes. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, oh dude. Fuck, are you so fast? He like, definitely has even if you have somebody's notifications on, nobody's that fast, bro. He's, he just got to be on his phone. He has a talent. A talent for sure. Did you see your burner the other day? By the way, I added you in. I forgot. I don't know what we were talking about. Um, oh, we were talking about Lamar, like the Roquan Smith trade. And he's like, yeah, the Ravens really need to get a receiver. Maybe go get someone like Auden Tate. I was like, what the Auden Tate? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it was my burner. No, it wasn't like Joel Moran burner. It was like some random ass name. But I was like, this has to be your burner. Of course not. Who's, who's high on Auden Tate? Nobody. Packers at Lions. This should be an easy win for the Packers, but nothing ain't easy for them anymore. I'm going to still take the Packers, though. Man, I think I'm going to go with Detroit here. The Packers have lost three games in a row, four games in a row, I want to say. And Detroit can score. We know they can. I don't know if offensively the Packers could keep up with Detroit, as funny as that sounds. Losing TJ Hawkinson might have a bit of an impact on their offense. It definitely will, let's be honest. Um, But right now the Packers, there's some shambles. Uh, Give me Detroit. I love how the Packers looked against the Bills, at least a running game. And really, if the Lions have a competent defense i'm probably going with the lions but this game feels very like rogers 300 yards three touchdowns lions can't stop anything yeah. uh, it just I'm, feels like that I'm going i was with gonna the say rogers owns the nfc north i'm i'm switching my, my mind i'm going with rogers chargers at falcons it's <sighs> a good game hilarious how we have to think about this, at we, this we had point. A, i had to think about the detroit game too it was ridiculous i'm going to this game you are. Who? What's your What's your gut feeling? I go. I'm going with the Chargers. Mm, not going, going with the, the home Chargers. team, bro. Look, the Falcons. I think it's actually a bad matchup for the Chargers because the Falcons run the ball. The Chargers can't stop the run. But I just believe in Justin Herbert and the Falcons' defense isn't anything anything to rave about. They've kind of been awful as well. So are you? I, uh, I'm going to go with the. Are you Chargers. wearing any particular jersey that day? No, I'm just going to be swagged out. Swagged You're out. You're a jersey? You're definitely going to take a picture, aren't you? Mm, oh, I'm thinking sure. about yeah. t- I'm thinking about copying a jersey. I might, depending on who. Maybe Kyle Pitts. Pitt, maybe. I feel like Pitts, London, Terrell. Like that's a, that's. A I mean, you know, I'll take a picture. I'm going to take a picture at the Hawks game, Falcons game. It don't matter. And it's, I'm going like to have, a, and I'm gonna have a different fit for each one, too. Mm, calm. <sighs> my end my is so fly. It's crazy. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, uh, give me the Chargers, though. This could be a... Trap. I'll go with the Chargers. I said a trap for a four and five team. The Chargers seem like they should be so much better. Yeah, they're always hurt. Keenan's back. Okay. Mike Williams is out. I'm faster than Keenan. So rude. Bills at Jets. Bills. The Bills. Sadly. I, the I'm going with the Bills. I wish we went to this game. No, no, I don't. I do. I don't. Ah, I don't. I I'm going with the Allen Bills, alive. but I think Zach Wilson bounces back. Imagine Josh Allen in those seats running down on your throats. <sighs> Vikings at Commanders. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'll take the Vikings. They, they're they going to win because they just win almost every week. This game, it's going to be like a three-point game in the fourth quarter. And they'll like, just win, the Vikings yeah. are going to win, but it's not going to be pretty. This also feels like a trap game where the Commanders and Taylor Haneke just like are better than the Vikings. <laughs> but I picked against the Vikings last week against the Cardinals, and it was a close game down to the wire. But I'm going with Minnesota again. I feel like 6-1, make it 7-1, TJ Hawkinson. Giving them some momentum, a little boost offensively. I'm going with Minnesota. Last and this is a test for Minnesota's offensive line. When's the last time Minnesota uh, won the division? 
2009, maybe. Jesus. Wow, it's a great year for them. They still don't nah, get looked at. I don't think, I don't think it's been that long. Could have been like No, it that. hasn't. It's been 2018, probably. Yeah. 2009 would have been nuts. It was the late two th- uh, 2010s. Let's actually search it up right now. Because so. they're getting overlooked, and they might win the division pretty like easily, and we don't care. Minnesota? Yeah. I mean, they have a three-game lead on the Packers. No, yeah, it would have to be an extreme legendary collapse yeah. for them to not win the division. No, they have a monumental lead right now, to be honest. Yeah. They're 7-1. and one. Green Bay has like five losses, right? Minnesota is 6-1. and one. Uh, Yeah, Green Bay is 3-4. and four. So it was a 2017 Ooh. when the Vikings were 13-3 and three with Case Keenum. That was Keenum. a minute uh, yeah, ago. Yeah. yeah, that was a minute ago. That was when we won the bowl. Facts. Damn. Panthers at Bengals. I'll take the Bengals. This is this could be a trap game for sure. I'm going with the Bengals as well, but it, it can be. The Panthers have been playing really good football. They, they have, have. Been, but I'm taking the Bengals as well. Raiders at Jaguars. The, the Panthers have hit on like almost every draft, and they still aren't good. What was the teams? Raiders at Jaguars. The Raiders are spiraling right now. I don't know how you get shut out by the Saints. Uh, give me the Jags. Jags are home, right? Raiders at Jaguars. I'll take Jaguars. Yeah, I'll take the Jags. I think uh, Lawrence bounced back. I, I think the Raiders have to be embarrassed by how they just performed, and they're going to come out. That's true. Yeah, I picked them pretty well. So I mean, the, the Jags got to be embarrassed too after losing to the Broncos. Nah, I, nah not really. It's not. It wasn't an embarrassing performance, but well, from Lawrence, it was. Yeah, true. But I picked, how I, I picked uh, the Raiders didn't make the playoffs. I'm going with the Raiders. I didn't have the Broncos in though. Okay, that's a dub. Dub. Dolphins at Bears. Dolphins. Dolphins should win this game. I would love to see Justin Fields get a steal one. I'm going with the Miami Dolphins as well. It's at Chicago. It's Seahawks. Be, it's supposed to be nice. At Cardinals. Ooh. It's a good game. In Arizona. Yeah, in the desert. In the desert. K1, D-Hop back. This I'm, isn't give the me, night game, right? It's not? 4-15. Give me K1 and D-Hop. D-Hop back. Give me, give me K1. I'm going to take K1 this game. We're going to ride back with that agenda. The Cardinals are winning the division. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Seattle's playing really good football. What you saying okay for like that? Last time. Have they played already? This yeah, they year? have. Yeah. It was 9 to 19. Oh, right. I'll, I'll say really this. Last game. game, they were able to stop the run. They were able to neutralize the pass game. They just couldn't get anything going offensively, and special teams hurt them a lot because Matt Amendola was a kicker. I think Arizona wins this game. I do. I, I think they, they split this year. They're winning yeah. the division. This is a tough week for picks. They're winning the division. But no, I think they split as well. Give me Arizona. Rams Listen at Buccaneers. This is the night game, right? No, it's not. Oh no, Titans and Chiefs is. That's actually not. A I'm night going game. with the Buccaneers in this game. Rams, Bucks. I'll, just I'll take the, the Bucks. Game. I'm tired of picking the Rams. They don't win when I pick them. I never picked them. I picked them against the Niners. It was pr- truly I, embarrassing. I can't pick the Rams. Give me the Bucks. Titans at Chiefs. Chiefs. Oh, I'm gonna go upset. I'm gonna go Titans. I'm gonna upset. I'm gonna This is this is the game. Can this is a game Tennessee could win? Kansas, for sure. This is the Kansas, trap. Kansas City off a of bye week. <laughs> I'm gonna still take the trap. I'm gonna take Titans. I like it. I'm nah, gonna take I the like trap. It. I'm going with the Chiefs. I think the Titans they have a winning record. They've won five straight, but it's because they haven't played great competition. I still think they're such a limited football team. For sure. I'm going with the Chiefs. And Monday Night football, Ravens at Saints. This is actually could turn out to be a good game. Andy Dalton, he owns the Ravens. Does he? I don't he know. <laughs> I don't know. So they're in Cincy, but uh I'm taking Baltimore, of course. I'm going with the Ravens on the road. I'll take another what? I'll take another trap you game. You can never count on Lamar Jackson. Hilarious that you said that. Um, I'll take another trap game. Give me the Saints. You actually make me want to throw up. I actually compiled my picks and I, I added have? them up. So my total record through eight weeks is seventy six and forty nine. I have Solid. a sixty four percent win percentage. Take that. Um, what was it? Oh, I don't know. oh when when's the Sean Jackson going to play? 
I don't know. Is he even going to play? He's Do been. They, they him? signed him like three weeks ago. Yeah, they're ago. up 7-0. The Phillies? Yes. Wow. What's uh, the series fuck. right now? It's just 1-1. One, one, one. One. And we're in Philly right now. Yeah, you are. We need to steal these next two. You're not. I mean, it doesn't look like you're stealing this one. I mean, as long as we get one, it's we'll go three, home 3-2. Three, three right? Yeah, as long as we get one, we'll go back home 3-2. We can win two. In what do you Houston, mean? Because it's 2-3-2. Two, two. It's 1-1 one, one right now, though. Yeah, so, but we're in Philly for the next three games. You have to steal two to get no, three wins. No, but I'm wins. saying if we, if, as long as we get one, oh, okay, we go home three, down 3-2, three, we can win two. I know, Houston, that's a lot of pressure, though. But we can do it. Like I, can. I'm confident we can do it. But Jesus Christ, seven... So much, so much slander is going to be because Philly ain't really supposed to be here. They, should, they shouldn't be here at all. They fired their, fired their coach first month of the season. Cinderella story. Some shit. Uh. That's going to do it for episode 225 of the Pick Aside Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod, on TikTok and Instagram at Pick Aside Podcast. And if you guys got some picks for Boom, tag us on Twitter at Instagram at Pick Aside Pod and Pick Aside Podcast. We'll shout you guys out. And don't forget to invest in some players on Mojo, on the Mojo app. Thank you guys for listening and or watching, and we'll see you next time. This is Kirk Henderson from Pod Maverick, a Dallas Mavericks podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com/bluewire.